Welcome to Mortally Wounded Podcast, episode 49. As always, I'm your host, Chris. Tonight, we are going to be discussing lists for Sydney Slaughter, which at the time of release is going to be coming up in a few days' time uh, this weekend. Very excited. So, as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, James. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Chris. How are you, how are you mate? I'm well. I'm very excited. I'm I'm at the happy I'm at the happy end of organized for slaughter, which is good. Yeah, yep. The last little bit's getting done now. So yeah, we're pretty much ready to go. There's just only a couple of little things left. I think you're doing a quiz, doing up the uh yep. the, tri- the trivia at the moment. So that's the last thing on my list to do ahead of Friday. And yep. then in, and then at that point it's just basically pray that everything I think is at the venue is at the venue <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it until I know <laughs> on Friday. Yep. <laughs> then so yeah, then set up and the lug begins and we'll just crack on. It's going to be good. Looking forward to it. Yep. All the, all the lists will be uh, making their way to down under pairings as people register. So most people are registered now, which is good. A um, couple of la- last minute corrections, things I missed on the initial kind of, list review um so that people have just been emailing me which is good so getting those fixed up and then adding all adding all the images for everyone so they've got nice formatted lists on down under pairings because if i'm going to spend the time making them all with a nice format i'm going to make sure that format gets used as much as possible um <laughs> so everyone can look at them while they're playing the games and uh yeah otherwise i think everything is set up on on down under pairings so fingers crossed we don't have any issues with the software on the weekend but we should be pretty good to go i think yeah and um before we dive in we're just going to um today we're just going to talk about some of our favorite lists um we're not going to go through every single one that we the guys from crutch hammer um put on a show last night at time of recording so sunday night past um so shout out to those guys thank you for uh taking the time to review all the lists in the show um if people uh, listening want to go check that out it's uh, over on twitch i believe uh a crutch hammer so go check that out and you can get a replay of the uh the full list review show so thank you guys for doing that really appreciate it yeah no it's good to also have other people talk through the list so i could hear what their thoughts were as well because obviously i've read through them yeah. from a kind of checking perspective but you don't necessarily take stuff in so it's good to have other people review them and obviously yeah. someone like joel someone like joel who's a very accomplished player as well to get his insights is is interesting as well so um no it was good i think the guys did a good job and yeah happy to kind of i guess give them the lists and and let them have a crack and and, mm, and yeah do, do something to get some exposure for themselves which is cool um but yeah bit, so of out, bit of outsourcing bit of outsourcing yeah um, and lo- not gonna lie it let me it let me get on with other stuff while the show was going on so that was good yeah yeah um time poor but uh but yeah it was yeah. uh it, it's as you say something that we're not going to go through every list now because if you want the full show you can you can go to crutch hammer and, and watch that um but yeah we're, we're just going to kind of give our comments i guess on the overview of the overall lists allegiance breakdowns etc and then uh, we'll run through a few of the the lists that we that took our eye i guess from a competitive yeah. standpoint and also the rule of cool i think so yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be completely biased in my favorites so there you go so james is reviewing all of the nighthorn lists <laughs> um... <laughs> well that's all that matters to me at the moment <laughs> <laughs> too funny all right. Well, without further ado, let's crack on and talk about lists. So overall, we have got 
64 players. Um, hopefully we don't have any drops um, until the day. I mean, there will be drops. I know there will be, but um, hopefully we'll stick as close mm. as we can to 64. So that initial 64 breakdown, half the field are order, which mm. order has always been the lion's share. It's got the most factions, so it, it's no surprise whatsoever that it's it's the biggest faction. But um, I don't know if I was expecting 50% to be order. Um, mm, yeah. I, I don't know about you, James. What, did you think it was going to be a bit less or more or about, about right? I, like, I wasn't surprised by the split. Uh, it seems to be a fairly, you know, consistent, like I know at different times, different editions and things that's uh, sort of fluctuated where you've had a lot more destruction, a lot more death, uh, more chaos, but order has always been that dominant one. But the pie that we have uh, this year kind of reminds me of just that general split we used to get in the earlier days. Uh, in first edition, second, um, around those sort of times. It's kind of, yeah, just reminiscent of that for me personally. But, um, yeah, so, I'm not I surprised. Mean... Not surprised by it, but I thought there might have been more death being, um, you know, sold like Gravelords for the new book, Nighthaunt with the new book. Um, ten, ten deaths, death lists in total. So um, it is a bit more than what you would probably would normally see. But, uh, yeah. What about yeah, so so yeah, we got we got fifty percent order. We've got fourteen mm. chaos lists, which is twenty two percent. Ten mm. death lists at sixteen percent, and then eight destruction lists at twelve percent, um, which is quite a big shake up in a year because I have the pie I did last year uh, in front of me as well. So Sydney Slaughter twenty twenty one, there was thirty four percent was order, twenty one percent was chaos, twenty six percent was destruction, and nineteen percent was death. So mm. it's it's definitely shifted. Chaos has stayed basically the same, um, but the big drop has been destruction. It's um it's it's lost mm. fourteen points, and they've all basically gone to order, um and and death has lost a, a couple of players and that have gone to order as well. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, destruction's really kind of dropped off, and I think we had a lot of Sons of Behemoth um, and Oak and War Tribes players last year, and I think they've they've dropped off, especially the Sons. Um, we've we've only got two two sons of Behemoth um, now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they I think they had their time in the sun right at the start of AOS three, um, but people yeah. have I think as the meta has evolved, more armies have come out and people have realised how how you deal with them. Um, I think there's something that everyone's had to evolve to. I think they're a, a DPS check army, um, but I think more and more armies have that damage, especially with Iron Jaws and stuff like they can clear off Gargants a turn, no problem. Um, which I think has contributed to a lot of that shift. Mm. Um, and yeah, so uh, that's the overall breakdown. Um, so by allegiance, we have got, I'll quickly rattle them off. So the order lists comprise five cities of Sigma lists, which is 8%, four doors of Cain lists, one fire slayers list, three deepkin lists, one KO list, Ben being his off meta self, um, <laughs> four Lumineth realm lords lists, Three Seraphon, which is actually quite low, which is kind of nice to see. Um, nine Stormcast lists. So, you know, there's lots of long strikes and dragons. And <laughs> two Sylvaneth lists. It's good to see the Sylvaneth in there. Yep, there were no Sylvaneth last year. Mm. So it's really nice to see um, to see those two popping up, um, yeah. which is good. I think that's actually a thing this year is there are a lot more. Um, there's a lot more factions being represented this year than there was last year. Um, so mm, even yeah. if there are people with the there's one KO player, there's one Fire Slayers player, there's two Sylvaneth players, like there's two Beasts of Chaos players, but 
we're seeing a lot more of the factions represented. So you've still got your bulk with Stormcast being the most represented faction with nine people bringing them at 14%. Um, but there is a much wider spread um, and bigger range of armies coming to the event, which is great. Um, and I think it's a reflection of the more even meta. Um, I think the I think the yeah. win rate the win rate percentages over AOS three have definitely shifted away from the armies that were sitting at seventy percent kind of win rates and stuff, and they are shifting more into that nice bracket of 45, 55 um, mm. kind of percent. Um, okay, so the fat middle, yeah, that fat middle is definitely getting broader, mm. um, which is good. Um, part of that is power creep, power adjustment with more books getting redone and and there's definitely been a step up in power of all the new books so that they can compete. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, if all of the new books get a step up in power, then all of the new books have strong lists and their ability to win, which kind of keeps the, the overall meta percentage, I guess, in line, which is, which is cool. Yeah. Um, you've got the stats up in front of you. Do you want to run us through the uh, chaos lists, the breakdown? Sure. So yeah, we've got uh, two beasts of chaos list. Uh, two Blades of Corn, and we have uh, one Heater Knights of Slanesh, two Legion of the First Prince, uh, five Maggotkin of Nurgle, uh, one Skaven Tide, and one Slaves to Darkness. So, yeah, Maggotkin uh, getting the lion's share there of Chaos this year. Yeah, for sure. And mm. that that is that new book shining through um, with the flies and the strength of, of, of that book. A lot of that is, is Pascoil Blight Lords. Yeah. Um, there isn't anyone bringing the Pascoil Blight Lord spam list, which is nice to see. Um, so I think the most we've got in any one list is six. Um, so it's, it's definitely mm. by no means the atrocious full fly lists, which is, which is good. Um, and yeah, there's some different ones in there. There's a triple fatties list as well, which is cool. So that'll be fun. <laughs> and interestingly, no disciples of Zinch represented, but every, every other faction in chaos is represented. Yeah, I think Zinch is actually the only faction in the game that is not at Slaughter this year. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess Z Zinch is getting packed into uh, Beast of Chaos <laughs> in one list in particular. So, <laughs> Certainly elements of it in terms of yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, there's, so there's Zinch, units from the Zinch book that, yes, are, are going into the Lord. The, the Lord of Change is uh, still ever-present in the background, but just not, not uh, explicitly this year. So, <laughs> Yes. He's stretching his changing ways to tendrils of atrophy. <laughs> um, so the breakdown of the death lists, we have got two feck lists, three night haunt lists. These are all new book. One bone reapers list, which is nice to see because I, I did think we might not hmm. see any bone reapers. Um, but we've got one returning list as well, which is a very nice converted list from Craig Anderson. Um, so it will be mm, a, beautiful yep. a beautiful army to check out. Um, so I'm glad he's bringing it. Um, and then we've got four Soulblight Gravelords lists. Indeed. And last but by no means least, we've got the destruction breakdown. So we've got one Gloomspite Gits. Uh, we've got two Iron Jaws, three Ogre Moor Tribes, and two Sons of Behemoth. Yep, so um, a fairly mm. even spread across destruction, really. Um, yeah. I'm actually surprised there's not more not more Iron Jaws lists. Yeah. Um, no Cruel Boys. That's true. Sorry, yeah, Cruel Boys. Cruel mm. Boys and Zinch are the only two. Oh, and Bone Splitters, mm. I guess. It depends yeah. how you pick that book. But in terms of pure allegiance, yeah, there's no Bone Splitters, there's no Cruel mm. Boys, and there's no, um, there's no Zinch. 
but we do have a Slanesh list. We do have um, a binary a binary Reapers list. We've got um, a KO list. <laughs> we've got a KO list. We've got a Gits list. So there is, as I say, there is pretty good representation across all the factions, which is great to see. Yeah. So um, it'll be it'll certainly be a nice event to look at army wise. There'll be a lot of diversity, which mm. is great. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So that is the overall stats. Um, should we jump into some of our faves? Um, yeah, sure. Should I mean, we go down, go down the list and just we'll, we'll scroll down as we and, get up? Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah. The, fir- the first cab off the rank I have to talk about as they're the defending champion uh, of Slaughter. They won last year. It's Joel Graham. Um, I don't think at this point the man needs any introduction. Um, didn't actually realize until the review show the other night he's only lost one tournament game in AOS 3. Um, and it was actually to Ash McEwen's Gargants, uh, which is interesting. I think that was at Maitland, uh, Maitland, but he's got an incredible track record um, so far for this season. He's pretty much won every single event he's gone to, um, going 5-0 and undefeated with multiple armies. Um, he took Deepkin to Border War and won that. Before that, he took um, Slaves to Darkness with Archeon and won. Um, and he's turning up to Slaughter with a Beast of Chaos list. Yeah. So, um He's obviously Great. showing he, he can use a lot of different armies as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see an army like Beast of Chaos, which typically has been performing at the bottom, getting piloted by obviously a very competent player um, and with a nice White Dwarf update, giving them a very strong kind of set of allegiance abilities. Um, mm. They've had a definite lift, so it will be interesting to see them around the top tables, I think. Yep. I do love the na- name of this list as well, Goats and Does. <laughs> <laughs> And he's named all the he's named all of the characters. So you got Dave the Dave the Dragon Ogre Shagoth de, the General. He's got uh, Glenn the Great <laughs> the Great Bray Shaman, uh, Zeke the Zangle Shaman of Beast of Chaos. <laughs> and of course he's got Bellacor. He's got all the Dragon Ogres there. You know six. You know three. And then we have Zinch coming in there with the he's got Zangor Enlightened uh, on disc. And three enlightened beasts of chaos, and oh, those are the Zangor enlightened beasts of chaos, and twenty Zangors beasts of chaos as well. So nice little spread there. But yeah, tell tell us about the tech with this, um, with what he's got there. Oh, I don't, I don't really know to be honest. Um, I know, <laughs> I know. I mean, he's 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 got Bell, he's got Bellacore, so he's going to yeah. be able to. He's got to control. Be able to shut, shut down key units mm. um, for a turn potentially too, which is going to be really good playing into those kind of stormcast alpha strike lists with the long strikes or the dragons, etc. And mm. being able to shut them down is is pretty massive. Um, the dragon ogres are actually just really cheap for how many attacks they put out now, and when it gets the rend, um, I mean everything gets plus one rend across the whole army from from the start of the game and then from round three everything's plus two rend um so he's just going to tear through all the highly armored stuff um so again stormcast dragons etc he'll go through them no worries the zangor are going to put out a lot of attacks at rend Mm. three easily once he gets onto the third battle round um especially those enlightened they're very very fast um, he'll be able to go second with them potentially in the right situations to get all the re-rolls and make them very consistent. Um, and at high rend, they will go through stuff because they're damaged two on their spears. Um, and yeah, once once he mm. pops them up to third battle round, um, and I think he's got enough in this list, he can feed to people 
for the first couple of turns. Um, like he can use the 10 Angors, he can use the the three Enlightened on foot, the Dragon Ogres, Bellacore to just slow people down until it gets to round three. And then he can just launch the Enlightened on discs um, and the Zangors at key targets and just take them out. Um, the Dragon Ogre is just a really cheap monster for him to just be doing a monstrous call um every combat phase doesn't need to be in combat he can just get summoning points so he's going to again be able to get summoning quite easily bringing extra stuff on from board edges again to just harass people make them think about their back objectives um so there's a lot that beasts can do with ambushing bodies and don't forget all these this unit of six dragon ogres the unit of zangor and the enlightened they've all got rally on a four up as mm. lo- um as well that's as right they're, yeah. in, they're in range of the herdstone so um if there's any army out there that's got access to a monster that's mobile or whatever that can destroy terrain um they've got to be booking it for that herdstone but equally joel's got enough bodies probably to, to screen stuff out and protect it mm. um yeah. but yeah and he's he's got he's gone for reasonably high drops at eight um yeah. he's got hunters um, for his important units to make sure that they can get all out defense, all out attack, whatever he needs on them. Um, mm. He's got a warlord for the extra artifact, um, which I think he's gone for the mutating gnarl blade on the shagoff, which gives him plus two damage onto one of its weapons, I believe. Um, and he's got the arcane tome on the zangle shaman, which is going to give him an extra cast as well. Mm, um, yeah. So he's got a bit of magic in this list. Um, and he's yeah, got the ten, got the ten un- sacrificial ungors. <laughs> yep again he can sacrifice them by the herdstone to, just, you know, to get some more summoning mm. points um i'm probably missing so much tech in this list as well but um yeah, yeah. I, i'm with gave spawn as well he can i think make spawn um as well from heroes when they die potentially um and then that he can use that i think to tie people up um as well and if there are spawn i think he can get extra attacks uh, as well so yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a strong list. The extra rend is just massive for it. Um, and yeah, as I say, Joel's obviously a very competent player. So I'm I'm fully watching Joel with this army as one one to potentially take out the event. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next one, just a, I guess just to tip the hat and a shout out to the other um, Beast of Chaos list with uh, Josh Foster's list. Um, so he's got a Gave Spawn list as well with um, Dragon Ogre, Shagoth, Great Bray Shaman, Beast Lord, Doom Bull. Um, he's got Grashak Felhoof and a Great uh, Felhoof and a great Bray, another Great Bray Shaman. He's got more Dragon Ogres as well, Sacrificial Ungors. He's got a couple of monsters there, the Gorgons, two Gorgons. Bullgors, Bestigors, Chaos Spawn, Cockatrice, just a lot of cool stuff. He's got the endless spell, Wildfight um, Saurus, uh, Taurus, sorry. Um, so it's just going to be fun to see beasts at Slaughter. I don't think uh, – I know Hugh Crail brings the beasts. He's uh, traditionally brought the beast. Um, so it's good, it's good to see some more coming back this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys – how these are painted as well because um, beasts armies always just sort of stir that real old – old world vibe for me personally because they're just so embedded in in the law um and yeah they've carried over nicely into age of sigma as well so yeah keen to see them yeah um and yeah josh is a 
a regular at Slaughter as well with the D3 Mortal Wounds boys. So um, yeah. I'm, sure it, I'm sure he'll be there with his goat hat again. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be funny. So he's a, he's a long-time beast player. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, I, I think his army's had a big lift. Um, and it's cool because it's a, it's a collection, right? There's no spam here. Mm. There's loads of different units. So it will have just been stuff he has. But to be honest, it's all decent. Like it's going to go well. I think mm. that Gorgon can get up to like Ren 5 or something crazy. Um, maybe <laughs> even maybe even Ren 6. Um, and they're cheap, monsters. <laughs> they're cheap monsters. So he might give mm. up some monster points from stuff dying, but equally he's going to be able to do all his monstrous reactions mm. and stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, no, it's cool. Um, I'm going to skip the uh, the Blades of Corn list. Sorry, boys. Um uh, they're they're corn lists. Oh, we've we've kind of seen that now. The army I feel like generally lives and dies around Scarbrand, and if Scarbrand can get into someone's army, then they have fun. Otherwise, the game probably doesn't go too well. Um, the Slanish list is cool, and um, we've got Orgots, not Orgots. We've got Glutos, sorry, um, mm. and we've got Sigvald, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah um, it's gonna be cool. I think Sigvald's awesome. Um, he's not going to be able to auto kill Marathi um, because I didn't FAQ it in favor of him being able to auto kill Marathi because I don't think that was GW's intention whatsoever. Um, the wording has definitely changed. So you, you could argue that he potentially can kill her now. Um, but as I say, I I don't feel like he's intended to and I don't think he's supposed to. Um, so I didn't. FAQ it pro him being able to kill her. So sorry, Sigvald, you're not taking Marathi down in one go if you come up against her. Um, but I still think he's really good. Um, people not being able to negate wounds um, and stuff. And he, he makes high charges and he's, he's pretty consistent. So I still think he's a really good piece anyway. Um, hmm. That being said, Slanesh, still not in a great spot. So I'm not expecting to see them at the top, but it's nice to see them anyway, and um, it'll be cool to see the army. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, we've got Legion of the First Prince, so we've got a couple of these. Um, so we've got Kyle Leafting from Scrubhammer with a fairly generic Legion. Um, no pinks, though. He's gone for Plague Bearers now, which I think seems to be a shift just because of the wounds. Um, mm. uh, and, and you can get the five-up ward in legion anyway um but yeah the the fairly standard kind of kairos bellacor scribes slaves of darkness demon prince all the tech um obviously the uh, battle scrolls in effect so he's gonna give up potentially a fair few points from all those heroes getting killed um if he comes up against the wrong matchups but mm -hmm. um yeah we'll see how it goes yeah we got zinch um in here again we've got kairos in this list too so Zinch yeah. is in is is everywhere still. <laughs> yeah, Kairos is is the tech like is such a key tech piece to Legion of the First Prince. Kairos and a spell portal. Mm. I think pretty much every Legion of the First Prince pretty much start list starts with Kairos Has and a Kairos. spell portal. Yeah. Um, just because being able to spam that six more wounds and then a spawn down somewhere is just amazing. Mm. Um yeah. and yeah, he's he's great. Like three casts, three unbinds, um, very reliably. Um, being able to get rid of endless spells and stuff as well is is really good. So I'm not surprised to see him. Um yeah. and that's why Kairos and Bellacor appear in the next Legion of the First Prince list. Um now this one is one of my picks that I want to talk about. Um mm. so this is Stephen Drury from D3 Mortal Wounds. Um Stephen's a slaughter regular. He's been at the top tables in in previous years so he's obviously a good player um 
Hmm, I didn't definitely. know he had I didn't know he had a Legion's list, so it'll be cool to see how he goes. So he has got, as I mentioned, Bellacor, Kairos. He's got the spell portal for Kairos. Um, and then he's got a Bloodthirster of Incensate Rage, which seems to be the pick of a non-named hero, generally that it makes its way into Legion of the First Prince lists now, if it's not like the Slaves to Darkness Demon Prince. Um but I think he's he's a good pick. Um, he's the general, obviously, because he's not named. So he gets the trait for the Ruinous Aura, which is the five-up ward, hollow the eight of him. And then the Armor of the Pact, which is a re-rollable armor save in combat, um, which is really good. Um, it makes him a lot more survivable than Bloodthirsters normally are in, in Korn. Um, obviously, if he can give himself mystic shield from kairos all out defense best day ever etc and then he's re-rolling that armor save it makes him a lot a lot more survivable um the emerald life swarm from kairos as well is going to be able to get cast to give him pretty reliable 2d3 heals um as well because obviously if kairos can set it up in range he can heal immediately on setup, and then again at the end of at the end of the hero phase, it'll heal him again. So he can he can heal that bloodthirster up, which is really nice, and keep it at top bracket. Um, also, he can use the Gur command ability to put it at top bracket for its explosions potentially. Um, it's naturally going to reroll ones to hit when it charges in from its war scroll, which is good. Um, and Kairos, if he needs it, if he just needs to spike a six or something, can always use his dice change yeah. as well to as well to make a guaranteed six so if, yeah. if if steven can get him into a good spot where there's lots of units within range and potentially he rolls a six naturally in and amongst his wound dice and then kairos just makes it another all those units suddenly taking eight mortal wounds etc is wow. um is really nice so having the control with kairos and a bloodthirster like that is um is really good um and then obviously the spell as well, Master's Command in Legion of the First Prince, I'm pretty sure is fight when they die. So again, he's got mm. that. He's got that for Kairos. He can put on that Bloodthirst to send him in. Um, and then he can use the command oh. to be able to fight a top bracket. And then if he dies, he knows he's getting value from him anyway. Um, and yeah. he's only 280 points. So from what he brings and what he can do, he's actually pretty good in Legion. Um his battle line has got 10 Bloodletters, 10 Plague Bearers, 5 Flesh Hounds. So a bit of a mix. I think most of that is just saving on points. Um, mm. The Flesh Hounds are quite nice, though, because they're faster and they come with another Unbind. Um, and then the cool thing, which I will be keen to see how it goes, is the Cronspine Incarnate of Gur. So um, it's obviously a relatively new addition um, to the Legion's list. Um, it's obviously bonded to that Bloodthirster as well. Um, so he's making full use out of that non-named character slot um, by putting everything on it. Um, and yeah, that cron spine going mm. in with going in with the bloodthirster is a really nice combo, I think, um, because the cron spine is going to give him re-rollable charges, etc. People aren't going to be able to retreat away, so he can kind of set it up so that the bloodthirster can go in and, and get his nice charge when stuff's been tagged and, and unable to retreat, sort of thing. Um, and he's got he's got it in a battle regiment. Obviously, having the the three monster heroes, he's a three drop. Um, but I yeah, I think this is a good list. He's got the inspired triumph at nineteen seventy five. He's got a reasonable bid for getting that plus one to wound hmm. um, triumph. And uh, yeah. one. it's um yeah, it's it's only eighty two wounds, but that's a bit misleading with the the summoning. Obviously, three d six each movement phase. He can pick one of those heroes and on a 10 plus which is basically average on 3d6 he'll get 
another unit, which hmm. in most cases is probably Plague Bearers, um, which is good because that's another 20 wounds that he can just dump on objectives. Um, so, yeah, even if he only gets that once, the list is 102 wounds. You top in the fact that he's got a very reliable Emerald Life Swarm that's going to add to the healing. Hmm. Um, I think it's. Um, I think the wound count's a bit deceptive. Um, and obviously the Cron Spine it, it has essentially an unlimited wounds cap per per turn for a, for two turns anyway um so uh yeah this is a this is a cool list and i think steven will have a lot of fun playing with it um mm, yeah it's mm. got it's got a surprising amount of tech for kind of how few bodies it is um i actually really like it it's a list i would potentially play myself because you've got four big monsters you can have fun with it but you've got it's not just like a mindless kind of run and smash. You've got Bellacore and Kairos for the control elements. You've got Mortal Wounds from range, good casting, unbinding. Like, yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, and yeah, I, I really like this list. So um, I'll be watching how Steven goes. Absolutely. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll move on. Um, do you want to go through if there's anything in Maggotkin that caught your eye, James? Well, I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to talk about Jordan's uh, list. So a little bit different from his um, border war list. I'll just run through it very quickly. He's got the Mate King of Nurgle, uh, Drowned Men sub-faction uh, from Giran. Uh, he's got the Inspired Triumph. Uh, he's got a great unclean one with the Plague Flail, Massive Bile Sword. Lord of, Lord of Virulence is the Fleshy Abundance. Um, he's got the Lord of Afflictions as the General uh, with uh, the Overpowering Stench. Command trait. He's got the split horn helm uh, and all got demon spew. Uh, so he's taken two Pascal Blight Lords, two Pascal Blight Lords, two Pascal Pascal Blight Lords, and twenty Plague Bearers all in a battle reg. So he's got it's a two drop, hundred twenty eight wounds, nineteen sixty five points total. So yeah, he's got that maneuverability with those um, with those flyers. Uh, I think he swapped them out for uh, those what do you have in there before i think he had the um black I think kings it's, yeah basically it's the same list mm. he took to border war but less points because he swapped out his unit of five black kings for another mm. two flies um, and yeah. so he'll have saved himself 30 points there giving him a, a better chance at a triumph yeah yeah um and yeah having an extra two flies that benefit from the pre-game move um is yeah. going to be good so it gives him a bit more ability to pin his opponent in um if if he wants to um which generally this kind of list does um i think this is a stronger list than what he had at border war um mm, yeah. because of i think the two flyers are better than the blight lords um and yeah like like i said he went 5-0 at border war um yeah. and yes I, i'll be expecting him to do well again with this yeah definitely another one to watch yep um it's cool that we've got a few quite a few different maggotkin list to be honest like we've got katie daily with a befouling host um which is different which makes that's the one with the beast of nurgle become battle line um so that's cool um and then we've got martin brooks so pask online um quite active in the kind of discord tts community um he's also got a befouling host for the beasts um again a bit of a mixed list um and then yeah we've got munificent wanderers uh, which is the one i think from the plague bearers you get two disease points instead of one um, if mm. you're within range of them. Oh, wow. um, and, yeah, that's the triple fatties list and then three tens of Plague Bearers. Um, and then Rob Carlin, which will be nice to see Rob again. He's been away from the scene for a, 
a few years. Um, so that'll be great to see Rob again. Looking forward to catching up with him. Mm. Um, and yeah, he he's always played Nurgle back then. So um, he's got a great unclean one plus blow our ban all gots. So they're both really strong. Um, yeah. And Garrod's been... He's got Gut Rot Spume um, to ambush on his unit of five Blight Kings, and then he's got two units of three Plague Drones, which we're not seeing a lot of, um, mm. and he's taken them in the Droning Guard sub-faction, um, I think, to make them battle line. Um, so, yeah, very light on bodies, this list, um, because he doesn't have that unit of Plague Bearers to kind of benefit from the Great Unclean one. Um, I might have personally dropped Gut Rot and the five Blight Kings to include... Um, to include 20 plague bearers and and something else um just to make more use of the great unclean one and add some more bodies to the list maybe um but it'll be cool to see to see rob anyway um and he's 1915 yeah. so he's very low um <laughs> he's he's gonna get um his triumph against most people um yeah. at, at, at 1915 so um bloodthirsty triumph it's maybe not the best use of a triumph um but honestly just I think the power in denying your opponent's triumph is also something that's really strong. Um, it's not mm. just about ha having the triumph for yourself. It's actually about taking the triumph away from your opponent. Um, especially people are starting to use warlord battalions to get extra triumphs, myself included. So if, if someone builds into wanting triumphs and then you don't get them, it's, it's a big blow for some lists. So um, mm, okay. yeah, I think it's quite smart actually for a Nurgle is to deny a triumph because again it nurgle is all about just grinding denying. where <laughs> denying them so um yeah, yeah. It'll, be, it'll be cool to see um and then we've got shem shem's returning with his skaven um shem got the wooden spoon last year so um let's see yeah. if he can see if he can increase his place um by just one you just need one place higher shem um <laughs> Yeah, but he's. I like the. I like this list though. It's gonna be. It's it's fun. He's got like, he's got like four rattling guns, two warp grinders, clan rats, clan rats, some storm vermin. Um, you know, he's got. Uh, he's got arch warlock. He's got thank all burn ripper. He's got claw lord, vermin lord, war warbringer, and a grace here. So just classic skaven. It's gonna be fun to see, and of course the warp lightning vortex to boot. So yeah, that's bang on two thousand eight drop. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to see this in action. Hopefully, they yeah. will blow blow themselves up. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> thank all on Bone Ripper. I think as we start to see more models, like more, we start to see a shift potentially towards more hordes with Doc and Nighthorn. Um, he's one that his warp fire throwers might start getting a bit more mileage. Um, he has gone for the two two split here, um, which. It does mean he's always useful against everything. Um, I, th I think I'd probably just, if I was going into it, I'd lean into the four warp fires and just be like, he's my thing to deal with hordes and then have other things like the warp lightning cannons and stuff as single target damage. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shem's not, he's not approaching this with the super competitive in mind. He's got a good mix list and he'll have fun with those rattling guns, popping them out of clan rats and shooting people and blowing himself up as well as his opponents. So um, <laughs> I actually hope I get by busted against him again. We played last year. But so you're I'm not like... playing James. You're not playing the by buster. I know. No, oh, I thought I... you said you weren't. I thought you said you weren't. Well, I can. <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds like, it, sounds, it sounds like you want to. 
I put the list in just in case. Just in yeah, case. Oh, we need yeah. we need the buy buster. I just didn't know if you were playing it or not, but that's cool. Yeah, I'm happy to you play can, it if if we don't you have. You can anyone. play the buy buster. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's yeah. against Shem. <laughs> I could All right. I, I could always gr- I could always grudge him as the buy buster. <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully you don't need to. Yeah, I don't need to. Yeah, I don't want to have to. I've got to do all the paint uh, judging. <laughs> you do. You do. Yeah. Maybe I can play. Yeah, you um, do. It. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> ideally, I don't want to be playing either. I want to be able to get around the tables and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, let's move on. We've got Slaves to Darkness, um, Archeon List with Varangard, and Untamed Beasts. Um, I think Joel talked about this list on the list show, so I'm not going to go into it in, in too much detail. But, um, it can do work. Those Varangar can definitely do work with Archeon. Um, be interesting to see if the obscuring um, and impassable terrain rules that we're going to have at the event is going to impact those big base models at all. Mm, um, if, mm. if people if people play cleverly around the terrain um, to kind of limit what those big things can actually hit. Um, obviously, we're not going to have any terrain, like we're not going to have multiple pieces of impassable terrain clustered really close together to prevent big models being able to kind of move through um but there is going to be impossible terrain on every table so yeah, those, big be... mo- those big monsters aren't just going to have free reign of, of the board which i think is good um i think terrain sh- terrain is a part of the game all the fact a lot of the faction terrain is obviously impassable um being garrisonable um yeah defensible slash garrisonable Great. so yeah. um mm. yeah so it'll be cool um i'll be interested to see mm. how it goes anyway um mm. death we've got We've got Nick James bitch. Um, yeah, Nick James bitch with his uh, <laughs> with his tech army. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. Um, I'm especially looking forward to seeing Nick's entries in the painting competition this year. Um, Hell yeah, as well. Um, it, it's feck. I don't think he's going to be at the top gaming wise, um, but I think he'll be having a great time at the event, and I'm I'm looking forward to catching up with him. It's um, fact though they they live in fantasy world anyway. As far as they they could be getting completely slaughtered and they'll still think they're winning glory. They'll be their lord. Yep. Yeah, they're just at a big ball in their in the ballroom of their castle, drinking yep. wine of of blood. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we've got another list which is all the flares, which is interesting. Um, Again, I, I, he's got the Grim Garland um, and he's built into the flares, so I think he's hoping to do a bravery debuff. Um, and scream at people, but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not expecting Fect to, to turn out any particularly great results. Um, yeah. All right, we're there. Nighthorn, James. Okay. Go. Okay. Cool. So Dave Hurley uh, coming up from um, from Canberra, part of the Chaos uh, Canberra AOS group. Um, shout out to you, Dave. Uh, so he's taken the Scarlet Doom. So what this one does? Uh, this is a sub faction within Nighthaunt that makes all the Bloodseeker. Sorry, not the Bloodseekers. Um, the Bladeglass. Revenants makes them all battleline. Also on the charge, the blade geists get to um, you roll a dice for each model that's in the unit, and they do mortal wins on a five up. So it's charging blade geist revenants with um, doing mortal wins on the charge. Uh, for people who aren't sure what the new night haunt um, allegiance abilities are, one of them is um, everything can now retreat and charge. Um, still ignore the rend and all that good gear. Um, but yeah, re- retreat and chart is awesome. Everything's got a six up ward save. Um, you've got a command ability now, which can make that a five five up ward save. Um, the cool thing I like about this list is not just the blade geist in the um, the Scarlet Doom, 
but uh, his use of the Dreadblade Harrow and combining that with the Knight of Shrouds. So what the way the Dreadblade Blade Harrow works is once per battle round, he can um, if he can basically uh, do a uh, do a, a command that the general has done. So uh, for, for the Knight of Shrouds, he gets to use the all-out attack um, without a command point being spent. And then the Dreadblade Harrow can um, uh, do that as well without a command point being spent. So you've, you basically you've got that force multiplier with your uh, Dreadblade Harrow and your um, Knight of Shrouds. So that's yep. just a, that's a War Scrolled ability. Um, yeah. It's really good because... Yeah, they're never they're never using all out defense because they're all ethereal. No, no you don't. So need, you you're just like yeah. cool. I'll just be hitting on twos then, and then you've got the guardian of souls to make them wound on twos. Yep, and and you're just like yeah, sweet, nice bubble of twos and twos. Thank you. Yep, that's it. And you can use pop that even if you want to get an extra five up ward on a unit as well. Knight of Shrouds can use that on a unit, and then Dreadblade Harry can just pop it on a unit. So you've got two units with five up. Um, with five wards. And then if you want to take it even further, Guardian of Souls, he's given the spell, the Seal of Shaish, which is um, another five-up um, ward save spell. So it's potentially three units with five-up wards, which is really cool. Um, Lady Alinda in the list, I think she is such an awesome um, pick now for, well, she was before. She's fantastic. Um, yeah. But she is just brilliant now. Um, still got a grief-stricken uh, uh, spell. Um She's got a, a command point, uh, sorry, a command ability blocker. So basically if you're, if you're within 12 inches of her um, and you spend a command point or you issue a command um, on a five up, it's not received and the command point you spent is lost. So she's just got that um, that ability, which I think is pretty cool. <laughs> um, no risk of the wicked. So she's returning models once per battle, D6 slain models to each... Uh, friendly summonable night haunt uh, unit on the battlefield and she's lifting the veil still um, she's uh, doing mortal wounds equal to the roll um, yeah and it's it's just just a great um, piece to have on the on the table don't forget if she does that into like if she's because she's got a four up wood save now which is massive for her mm. survivability yeah, um, yeah and then with that lifting the veil for every model she kills she, she heals d3 d3 wounds for every model she kills so you yep. can you can pick your targets and if you're like oh someone nearly killed her in, instead of trying to do d6 mortal wounds or whatever into a prime hero you just go do you know what i'm gonna do it to this horde unit and mm. kill three or four of them hopefully and then you heal three or four d3 and you get right back up to full um, yeah it's gonna be really good and he's got so many units as well so he's got three times ten or uh, chain rasps. Uh, he's got you know ten grimgas, three spirit hosts. So the spirit hosts are great because they, if they're near um, one of your heroes, you can palm off wounds. Uh, so like a bodyguard. So you'll be running them around with the general or with lady. Probably doesn't need it for Lady Linda, but um, yeah, the heroes will be able to farm those wounds off onto the spirit hosts. Um, and because he's got so many units, that's a lot more uh, chances for the wave of terror effects to get off. So what he's charging potentially what do three or eight times per turn so that's eight chances to get um shriek which is a minus one to hit yeah um, i mean don't forget all the, don't forget all the heroes right and the heroes exactly yep because um, if you you've just got to get one 10 plus charge and what you charge into is going to be fighting last right so you yeah, don't care yeah. 
you don't care as much in this army about throwing your heroes in because you're like, well, no. if all these units get to fight first, I'm probably going to kill it. So then yeah. you're not really putting your heroes at risk. You're just chucking them in in the hopes that someone gets a 10. <laughs> yeah. And he's going to be able to, because like one of the Night Haunt um, uh, strategies is all, is to, um, is to stack petrify stun and shriek so stun is the minus one to save petrify is a strike last and shriek is a uh, minus one to hit so he's yeah. got a chance to pull that one off um yeah and don't forget the minus one the minus one save one stacks so you you pop eight nine charges and you just once you've got yeah. the minus one to hit and you've got the fight last for every single roll that's what is it like a seven or eight higher um for for stun yeah if that's uh eight for the minus you roll one like eight eight or nine yeah yeah so then every because you can always pick a lower one so if yes. once he's yeah. once he's rolled a single 10 plus to make the thing fight last every charge roll of an eight or higher you're just stacking minus one to save yeah and you will just it's... they will murder everything basically yeah. if he gets if you get it all off you get six or seven units charging into like a big monster you make it fight last and you make it like minus five to its save good night yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you've got the uh, the Blade Glass Revenants, Mortal Wounds on the charge as well, Retreat and Charge. Um, yeah, I mean, they go to yeah. very easily three attacks and model twos and twos. And he's also put this uh, Arcane Tome on his uh, general. Um, so he's given him the Soul Cage. That's another Strike Last spell. <laughs> so he's going to be very relying you, very relying, uh, reliably making you um, Strike Last. <laughs> yeah. Either three charges, a spell. He's going to be giving buffing himself up with ward saves. Um, yep. Dreadblade Harry is going to be force multiplying the command abilities uh, from the Knight of Shrouds. Um, so, all in all, very excited about this list. I'm ex I'm really excited to see how this one goes over the weekend. Um, so that's a 1990. He's got 102 wounds as well. So it's not nothing to sniff up there. Uh, sniff out there. It's five drop. I think he's going to do really well because uh, Dave's a good pilot as well um, when it comes to the game. So. And he's got the life swarm as well to add up extra healing. Oh yeah, just to add insult to injury because they're all one wound yeah. bodies. So yeah. he's yep. just going to keep adding D three, D three. Yep. So. And the uh, Guardian Souls has the heal spell on the War Scroll, and Lady Linda bringing back D six models once per game. So I think it's going to be sticking around. Good work, Dave. <laughs> um, next one we got Lock and Clark uh, from D three Mortal Wounds. Uh, so he's taking the Emerald Host this time. So this is the one where you pick uh, D3 plus one units at the start of the game uh, to uh, be cursed. And at the end of the battle round, uh, you roll a dice for each of those units on a two-up suffers D3 mortal wounds. Um, I've been picking this one in my um, cash games down at the uh, at the local, playing a, currently playing a Path to Glory campaign. It's a lot of fun. It's amazing how many ones you roll when you're doing the <laughs> when you're doing the curse. Uh, so uh, it sounds really cool, but yeah, you're going to roll a lot of ones. Uh, so yeah, just warning, fair warning there. Um, what I love about this list, okay, I'll just quickly run run through it. He's got the Aurak the Drowner as the general, Dreadblade Harrow. Uh, with the Pendant of the Fell Wind, Guardian of Souls with the Seal of Shaish. Um, got Ragnar the Grim Hailer with uh, Shade Mist. That's the minus one to wound spell. Um, he's got a, a Cruel Gas Cruciator with an Arcane Tome with the Spectral Tether spell. Ten Grims, ten Grims, ten Chain Rust, ten Chain Rust. And again, two times ten Blade Glass Revenants and the Mongol. Loving it. Good to see the Mongol in there. Uh, Twelve drop, 2,000 points, 100 wounds. Uh, doesn't care, doesn't need the drops. It doesn't really matter if the drops anyway. You can put three 
up to three units in the underworld now. It's no longer, uh, it's changed from the, the last book. Uh, once you've deployed, you can then just put three units uh, into ambush. So it'll be interesting to see what, what his picks are for that. But what I love is Ulrak the Drowner. So Ulrak the Drowner's got an ability where at the start of their movement phase, uh, you pop a CP and you can pick a unit. Um, he disappears, appears anywhere else on the battlefield, and that unit um, pops up with him. So it's an awesome teleporting ability. Um, and then you double that down with the Dreadblade Harrow. Because he's picked him as the general, the Dreadblade Harrow can now do this ability as well. So he's going to be jumping all over the board, um, and it's going to be really fun to see. That's uh, one of the first things I, when I was reading through the uh, the book, was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. Put all, make all rack your, your um, general, and then you've got so much uh, versatility with um with uh you know jumping around the board, getting to where you need to be. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I love about that list. Um, yeah, and right so. Raikunor's good. He's pretty punchy now. Um, yeah, yeah. All Ulrak's actually pretty punchy as well, like with his charges. And if he does, yeah, yep. any da- if he does any mortals, he gets like D three extra attacks on his ore. Um, so, yep. and again, he's got so many units. So as soon as he stacks that mm. stuff up, the Mongol as well, like it's damaged too with a decent amount of attacks, um, and it gets um, mortal wounds, etc. But like again, if he can stack up, it's Ren two which in the save stacking meta started to drop off a bit. But if you, again, make stuff strike last or whatever, and then you have made yeah. it actually effectively minus four or whatever to its save, actually that Mongol starts to get pretty choppy again. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, I think it's really cool. All the Nighthaunt lists, to be honest. I think it's such a great book. It's up there for one of the strongest set of Allegiance abilities in the game now, I think. Yeah. Um, which is brilliant because it basically means you can pretty much take anything and it will it will work because you just take loads mm. of units. You make those charges and basically when you stack up minuses to save and rend and you yeah. can e- easily get the plus ones to hit, plus ones to wound, like... And again, if you're making key things strike last, which all you've got to do is charge it with a lot of stuff, and it should be striking last, pretty much anything will kill it. Like chain rasps will start killing stuff. Like it's um, yeah. Well, it's chain really rasps, chain rasps get um, plus one to win on the charge as well. So it's all the power of this night, the night haunt lists uh, is in the charge. Basically, that's it's yeah. I think they're going to have they're going to have very strong turns. Like yeah. on their t- on their terms, they're going to be yeah. able to do whatever yeah. they want because you can't tie them down um unless you've got stuff where they can't retreat yeah. um which will be interesting to see how the cron spine and stuff goes against them mm. making yeah. them not be able to retreat in those key turns mm-hmm. um but yeah i think i think they're super good um yeah. the, the the risk is taking msu they are only 10 wounds but they are 4 plus generally ethereal saves yeah, and so all that stuff that's building into rend like beast of chaos, no, their output's going to drop down against them. Yep. Um, and then also, as you said, it's so easy to get multiple units on a five up ward. They will be more resilient than you think for a ten wound unit. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, if you don't kill them, they can quite easily heal back. So yeah, yeah, you've got the guardian souls in there. I think I think guardian souls uh, is definitely something. You're going to see in every night haunt list, I think. Um, yeah. And then it's like pick your flavor after that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The one, the the one model that none of the lists have taken that I am surprised of because 
I think it's because I've been playing Deepkin, a more fan, and I know how good it is, is I think the Spirit Torment has been massively overlooked for these lists. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah. I can tell you how freaking strong adding models back into units every battle shock phase is. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not as strong as Morphan's version, but that being said, it's on an army that's got four plus ethereal saves with quite easy access to five up wards, and all of those heroes can quite easily be babysat by spirit hosts to shrug them off. Yeah. Um so yeah, I was surprised not to see any spirit torments because I think they're very good. Um yeah. but also all the heroes are good. Like they all have their purposes. So I think the thing with this book is, as I say, pretty much everything is a is a viable choice, but you can't take it all in one list. So it's yeah. just what what do you want? <laughs> what direction do you want to go down? Yeah, that's it. Like, um, and he's got some good, some great debuff in this because uh, the pendant of the fell wind has changed now. It's now a minus one to um, to wound. Yeah, it's a now minus one to wound artifact for all enemy units while they're within three inches of him. So it's a further debuff. Um, if he gets a shade mist off, uh, that's another minus one to wound against a particular unit. They get it on. See yep. the Shyish again, another five up ward. Uh, he's got discorporate um, command ability for that extra five up, so he's got a couple options there. <clears throat> um, and yeah, what else was I going to say? Ulrak and the Dreadblade for double teleports and yeah, the Cruelgast well, so. Cruciator is a, is a great pick too. Um, good to see this one. I really like the new rules for the Cruelgast. Um, so it's now um, if the units with within twelve inches of any terrified units. Um, so what terrified means is um, basically if you're in combat, um, when, if you're in, yeah, if you're within three inches of a Nighthaunt um, unit, then you're then you're um, your you're, yeah, you, you're terrified. <laughs> you're you're terrified. So that multiplies some of the different abilities get, get extra against you. Um, but uh, this one is so if there's a twelve, if there's a unit within twelve inches of the cruel gust. Um, um, that's terrified. You subtract one from the damage inflicted uh, to a minimum of one for each successful attack that targets a friendly Nighthorn unit wholly within 12 of the unit. So it's a it's a damage uh, re reducer and um, we've got a, 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 sorry, a wound roll reducer in this, um, yeah. in this, in this list. So yep. um, cool. I like again, it. Again, something I kind of thought I wondered if anybody would take um, because I didn't, I didn't, put an FAQ entry because I don't think the wording is ambiguous. Um, but I do think it might get a FAQ entry because currently as written that stacks. So if you take two cruel ghasts, you can mm, do minus yeah. two damage. You can do minus two damage. So like stuff that's damage three can go down it's to damage a, one. So it says it's of this, of this unit, it doesn't say within this, um, yeah. scroll it oh, doesn't this, say you know it doesn't say of any units of yeah. any yeah so you can um, take multiples and bang yeah and look it's probably overkill because most stuff is yeah. damage two there's not a lot of stuff that's loads of attacks at damage three mm. but still like potentially that you could stack them yeah um so stuff like mega bus mega bosses on more crushes <laughs> go to damage one yeah. Um, yeah and then and you're ethereal anyway so you ignore your rends so like that, if that kind of thing becomes popular, I think I, you're going to see Iron Jaws decline massively. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and this, this is one of the things I'm talking about in the meta. These new books, the game will, the game is becoming a bit more rock paper scissors in like hard matchups, but mm. it kind of has to if all of the armies are going to sit in that kind of 45 to 55 percent win rate. Um, you're going to have your 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 hard matchups and your good matchups. Um, 
and like yeah. the lists at the top there's more armies coming out that will counter them i think which is is really interesting because i do yeah. think nighthorn is something that will shut down iron jaws quite a lot yeah yeah definitely like um, and even like grimgast yeah. so like you know two attacks per model um still got the threes to hit fours to wound but easily a three um and possibly even a two um still minus one one damage um but you get plus one attack um if there's more than if there's five or more models in the unit so it's just there's you're rolling a lot of dice for those two units yeah they're um, not like they're not as good against low model count stuff as blade guys yeah. but then they are cheaper and also they do have two inch reach yeah, so yeah yeah they they are an alternative to blade guys against yeah. more hordes um, yeah i am um also like one thing I really want to do as well is, and I think I don't think any of the guys have done it in this for this tournament, but um, add in the chain ghasts and your um, spirit torment. Yep. So those chain ghasts, uh, if as long as there's a spirit torment on the battlefield, they're adding one to hit rolls. Yep. Um, within wholly within twelve of them, um, of any friendly units with this ability. So take a couple of units, um, spread them out, have your spirit torment healing, and then you're getting plus one to hit. Yeah, you know, I think the to... key, I think the great thing there is the spirit torment just has to be on the battlefield. Whereas I think it, they had a similar rule in the previous book, but you they had to be, had, within, they had to be within twelve of mm. the spirit torment themselves. So yeah, yeah, I think it's great now. And again, mm. it leads into that MSU. If you pop up multiple units of of them, and then you just start charging. Yeah. Um, the key difference that will be interesting is the army's lost. It's like half the units can go <laughs> off the off the table, right? Yes, yeah. it's, it's now three units at the start. Of yeah, the game. you can you can take off the table and, and set up underneath. Yeah, but, um, so there's it doesn't be more on the table to start with, but it mm. might be better because the army got like a lift, right? All the foot stuff went up to movement eight. Yeah, everything's um, like move eight now, pretty much. And, it's the uh, minimum, which means that you're probably better off being on the table to move up and then just make charges that are less yeah. than nine inches. I know, I know, we're not doing a night haunt review show, but it's kind of like just talking about. <laughs> Just talking about movement there, <clears throat> the um, hex rays have got an ability where instead of um, in, at the start of the movement phase, instead of you can say it's going to do what's called a phantasmal advance, so it doubles the move characteristic. Um, it cannot charge, but that's twenty four inch move. Yeah, bang done. Yeah, and I think they don't do as much, and you can't charge, which is the problem because the army kind of wants to be charging with as many units as possible to stack the debuffs um perfect for an from, outlier, outlier. For, for objective play they still could mm. be really good if people are trying they stop thinking like they're thinking about nine away teleports and stuff because there will be a lot of lists that build into like the all rack and the teleporting of units so people will be like oh well you can't take this objective because i'm i'm here but like suddenly you just move hex race 24 inches and just park them on the edge of an objective because you yeah. don't have to be nine away you can be three away and you're like, cool. I've just taken this objective with bodies. Um, yeah, I think it. Yeah, it will. Yeah, I just. I think pretty much everything in the book has a place, other than the glaive wraith stalkers. They're still trash. No, they're not. <laughs> I just. Um, yeah, I'm still. I want to give them a run. I just want to see. I just want how to, trash they yeah. are. Yeah. 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 All <laughs> right. Like well, 20, yeah. Got, As you said, this is not a night haunt review show, so let's let's yeah. move on. We'll we move do on, want to talk about the other night haunt other list. Yeah. This is actually one of one of the lists I did want to talk about anyway. 
Um, yeah. And I know you like this list as well. Um, so that's yeah. this is Steve Kassem's list. It's another Emerald host list. So he's gone for the the mortal wounds. He's got Lady Alinda um, again. Uh, the Knight of Shrouds with the General um, pendant at the Fell Wind, etc. Um, so he's going to be able to do that free command ability. Um, and then he's gone for two Tomb Banshees, um, and they are the thing that I think on whenever somebody uses a command ability within twelve of them or something until your next hero phase on a. I want to say a four up, then it's, is it an extra CP? Yeah. So it's on a four up. The opponent must add one to the number of command points they spend when they issue a command to which that is, enemy until the is, next hero phase. Yeah. Which is yeah. really good. Um, mm. because as yeah, it's, it's, you get it off once and on a four up, they have to, it's until the next hero phase. Um, mm. it's really good anyway, even if they get the command ability off. You're still making them use two. And anyone that's played against Total Eclipse from Lumineth knows how horrible that is, especially mm. in AOS 3, where you use a lot more command points. Um, having to use two is massive. And the fact that he's got Lady Alinda in the list as well means that combines. So someone yeah. is like on a four <laughs> up. So he rolls a four up. They then have to use two command points to do a command. And then if they go for it on a five up, both of the command points are lost and they don't get the command ability anyway because of Lady yeah. Linda. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's going to be horrible when he does that to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. But, um, you know, yeah, it's just, it's what's, it's what's happening now, you know? So, um, yeah. Um, Nighthawk's got, got a fa facelift, but, um, so we've got what units, two units of six spirit hosts, uh, unit of 10 chain rasps and two black coaches. Yes, which they've had a big uplift as well. Um, yeah. I think they're going to lean really well into his pick of Emerald Host as well. Um, he's going to be super good into elite armies, um, like elite heroes and stuff. He's going to be able to just pick a target for a turn and be like, okay, I'm bombarding this unit with Mortal Wounds this turn because he's going to be able to pick it with his Emerald Host. He's going to have a Linda to lift the veil um, for D6 Mortal Wounds. And then the black coaches, he's going to be able to, if he can get them, obviously, if he can get his dice up to a six, that's my one concern is he doesn't have a lot of bodies in the list to die and power up his own black coaches. So if he mm. plays against low model count armies, I think he's going to struggle to actually get it powered up. Um, but if he gets them powered up um, with a, a six, he can use that dice in his shooting phase and get rid of get rid of the dice and then he's going to be able to do 3d3 mortal wounds onto a unit on a two plus from each black coach yeah which is amazing so like yeah. i said if, if, <laughs> if, he, if he plays into a horde army or something and that just starts dying both his black coaches go cool we're now at like plus we, we've got our six next to each coach and then he can use their ability to just do 3d3 mortal wounds twice onto yeah, onto you yeah. onto units on two ups super good um yeah and yeah like it's got a natural five up ward save as well now and it can get a four up ward save yep. um so yeah <laughs> i think the black coach is really cool um but um and also which we haven't mentioned is the aura of dread um so we mentioned terrified but what it also means is um when a unit's terrified it can't issue or receive the inspiring presence command so battle shock yep. is a thing unless you've got special abilities, just, you know, just auto pass or whatever, but, um, it's going to be, yeah, definitely going to have some effect. 
Yeah, massively. Um, and like mm. I say, with that, with the dice on the black coach as well, like as he powers that up, mm. that's going to get him his four up ward. Um, and then, yeah, the evocation of death as well is not a, um, it's not a shooting, it's not a missile weapon. And because obviously the whole army has retreat and charge, he's going to be able to get those black coaches in, retreat them out using their like decent move to get the positioning onto an enemy unit that he wants to do within 12. Yeah. Um, because it's not a shooting attack. So like he doesn't, have to do it into the unit he's in combat with anyway but if he needs to just get that extra bit of reach onto a hero he can quite happily retreat out of combat and then do the do the dice and then go back in to the unit he was in combat with if he wants um, yeah so he can he can fight he can fight enemy screens enemies bodies with the black coaches to charge them up send them off nuke a hero send them back in um to charge them up again um so cool. And yet, Love when it. it charges, like both of them, when they charge on a two up, they do do three mortal wounds. Impact hits, which again, because he's always retreating and charging, he's going to get mortal wounds out of them, um, which is really good. Um, and then again, also, if he needs to just ever grab an objective, which seems unreachable, they have a built-in board-wide teleport on the black coaches as well, um, which yeah. is really good. Um, and you can do that as a retreat as well, if you need to. Um, so it's it's really good. Um, and they have a bucket load of attacks as well. So yeah. even though they're not great attacks, again, if he gets a bunch of charges into a unit and stacks minus three, minus four to save, even mm. those crappy attacks will they'll go through, um, yeah. and he'll he'll do a lot of damage. Yeah. Well, like it's in the frightful touch abilities now. Just it auto wounds on like a unmodified hit roll of a six. Just auto wounds. Which I think is actually potentially better. It's it's so good, yeah. Because it, it really... of the save, the minuses to save stacking up. Yeah, and you're skipping the whole any any wound debuffs. It's just bad. Yeah, but also so much stuff now is getting like <clears throat> mortal wound saves or whatever. And because it's not a mortal wound save, it's, yeah. sorry, it's not a mortal wound. It's just an auto wound. That yeah. stuff like like Nagash, for example, he gets a four up ward against mortal wounds, <clears throat> but. If it, you're not doing a more wound and you're just auto wounding him and you're yeah. at minus four, minus five to save, yeah. then he, he's not getting a four up, whereas he would get a four up if it was just a six to hit did a more wound. So, yeah. yeah. Um, again, it's a it's a niche case. More stuff now is just getting an outright four up ward or whatever, like mm. Celestin Prime, Yndrasta, Bast a lot of the Stormcast heroes, for example. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're really cool. Black Coach is an amazing model. Um so yeah, it's it's a cool list, and I want to. I'm keen to see how it goes. Yeah. So shout out to the Nighthaunt players. <laughs> just that's just me being biased. All right, let's let's move on. Um, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got we've got Craig, as I mentioned before, with his Bone Reapers. Um, he's got a lot of Mortec Guard and some Harbingers and Crawlers and stuff. But um, he's in Petrifex, so in in the right matchups, Mortec is still great. Extra rend, extra saves. Well, ignoring rend one, rerollable saves is still solid. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting them to do amazingly, so I'm not going to go over his list in loads of detail, but, um, it's still cool to see Bone Reapers represented. Um, yes. and then we've got the Soulblight lists. Were there any here that stood out to you, James? Um, yeah, they're all really cool. Um, probably my fave, my fave out of these ones would probably be just going down.
I think two of them are quite similar um, mm. and they're quite strong, um, in my opinion, which is Bob Van Emmerich's and yeah. um, Thomas Strachan's. Um, they've both gone for Viacos and they've both got pretty consistent stuff between them. Um, like yeah, the, yeah. The block of the block of twenty Graveguard. They've both got like um, Necromancer, Vampire Lord, um, big big block of Radicar. Um, blocker zombies, etc. Um, the main difference between them is uh, Bob has got Manfred um, and a Vangorian Lord um, and a Life Swarm, and then Thomas has got uh, Belladama um, and some Blood Knights um, and a bigger unit of um, zombies and also a, a corpse car. Um, so it's interesting. I think Manfred is so good. Um, I, I struggle to not put him in a list, um, especially just the way he buffs all soul blight for like a, a plus one to hit and wound um, is amazing. And then if he does any attacks, all the summonable stuff will get an extra attack. Um, it just makes the graveguard super killy. Um, and his movement shenanigans just mean you always have to be cautious of him. Um, mm. Belladam is also really good. But Thomas, I think, has missed here not putting in a, um, a number of spell portal, which is what makes her really strong um, to just get around mm. those lists with Unleash Hell, um, just being able to kill models and, and set up wolves um, yeah. and, and, yeah. and tie stuff down. So um, I, I think Bob's list is probably the better of the two um, because, yeah, Manfred's really good and... Um, yeah, I think I think he won't get the utility out of Bella um, without the spell portal. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't think he necessarily needed the corpse cart. So he probably had the points as well for the spell portal. Um, but yeah, he's gone double triumph at nineteen fifty. Thomas has, so he should get that plus mm. one to wound anyway. Um, mm. Hopefully, yeah. twice. Um, so maybe that's why he decided he didn't, he didn't need Manfred. Um, Bella Dam is obviously going to give him exploding sixes as well and he's got radicar for the extra attacks anyway and the vampire so maybe he decided he could just he could just give them plus one to hit anyway and he'll get the mm. plus one to to be fair he gets the plus one to wound from Vircos. so um i yeah. don't know maybe i'm wrong and 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 the uh thomas's list is better but um yeah i think they're both fairly similar um and yeah. they're, they're, mm. they're they're strong um thomas having the 60 zombies as well is a, a lot to get through well then, you, well you've got the two other um, soul black graveyard lists in the middle there with um, so you're Brogan with the Castellai, so very cav cavalry heavy. Um, so he's got the Blood Knights, the Black Knights. He's got some skeletons, a couple of units of skellies for for those objectives. But he's got the Venga Lord, Prince Vordry, Radicar, and Coven Throne. Coven Throne, super good. Um, this one's going to hit hard when he does. He's got Levitate spell, so we're going to be seeing Blood Knights flying into your face. Um, and then we've got Jason Wood as well coming up from Canberra um, with his uh, Legion of Night. Again, we've got uh, Manfred in his own Legion, which is makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, with the Vampire Lord, Venga Lord, um, then he's got the rest is all um, like, you know, he's got two, two units of ten Direwolves, Vargeis, uh, two units of those. I love Vargeis. Just so good you can just put them up in the sky, bring them down anywhere. Um, and he's got the Black Knights and the Blood Knights, so lots of cav, so heavy hitting, um, get up there quick, get in your face, get Manfred in there, yeah, Finger Lord, 
it's good yeah yeah cool um all right i know we're probably taking longer than we thought we were talking about more or less so um let's <laughs> let's move on um yeah i want to do a shout out to scott bachelor's gloom spite list um scott kragnos um he's he's definitely lifting destruction so um it'll be cool to see to see what he can do um he's got the mm. trog list with um two units of six rock guts and then a unit of three fell waters um with a dank hold trog boss and he's also got the marsh crawler slogoth as a good ally just to give everything that kind of plus one to hit bubble um mm. and yeah kragnos giving them the 3d6 charge is definitely going to increase the speed of those rock guts um and again with the the re-rolls um of one to hit aura from the dank hold trog boss um those trogs could could hit, actually hit pretty hard um and again he's going to be able to i think recycle them through the loon shrine um in glog's mega bob um so yeah he, he could do surprisingly well um into combat armies the rock guts actually can be harder to shift than you would think um so yeah and and kragnos is good if he can get into monsters he's going to have a, a field day yeah. um mm. the iron jaws lists are iron jaws lists um they're both cool one's got rogue idol and a more crusher and then the other's got double crusher um and a bunch of brutes so um yeah underestimate those at your peril because 20 brutes is no laughing matter um <laughs> and then what else have we got um was there any of the more tribes lists that you wanted to talk about um not particularly but i do want to just want to shout to jet yeah with his um is with, a... his, with his butcher and gluttons list yeah, which is a glutton. His eight lead belchers. His be lead, be lead belchers and a frost lord and stonehorn and very um, ogre kingdoms list. Yeah, very trad. Like it. it's got gorges in there as well. You don't see them very often. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so it's gonna be cool. Um, all right, sons of behemoth. Both of these lists, sons, there's not really a lot to talk about in terms of tech, etc. He's got, they're gonna try and stand on objectives and hope people can't kill them fast enough. Um, I think looking at I think looking at a lot of the lists at the event damage output is not something that most of them struggle with, um, so I think the Gargans lists are going to struggle as a result. Um, mm. But I would be remiss to not mention Ash um, from a painting perspective. Um, I have not seen his full army on the table yet, and I cannot wait to see it. Um, obviously, his Mega Gargan he entered into the painting competition last year won um, the category that that was entered into, um, and now the whole army is complete. Um, I think he's definitely going to be one of the contenders for uh, best army, coolest army, um, any painting award available. Um, I, I think Ash is going to be in with a shout. Um, that being said, the hobby at Slaughter is always a really high standard, and I know we've got a lot of other really good painters there. Um, Jordan, oh, yeah. Jordan's Maggotkin army. Um, you've got Nick James. You've got Alex Murray. You got yep. a bunch of a bunch of good people so um yeah i can't wait to see what the competition for ash is but um yeah i have to mention ash ash's army um so uh, it's it's a very cool army for its aesthetic um and it's also yeah. cool that he hasn't just gone for four big boys he's got a couple of little ones as well <laughs> just just for a bit of flavor <laughs> yeah um and actually ash does get a mention because he is the lowest points total list uh for the event so the he if anybody plays ash nobody's <clears> getting a tri nobody's getting a triumph because he is 1890 so he is 110 <laughs> points under um 
So yeah, anybody that wants double triumphs, just hope you don't have to play Ash because you aren't getting them. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's he's three drops as well, so he is going to outdrop a lot of people. Yeah. Um. All right, and then we got cities of Sigma. So we're onto the order lists. Mm. Um, yep. Was there any here that stood out to you from the cities lists? Um, I really like. Um, always like Alex's lists. Yeah, Alex Murray. Yeah, with his mm. converted dark elves inspired yeah. lists. Yeah. Very old, like just uh, the the trad um, kind of uh, dark elf list. He's got some demigriff knights in there, Stormwrake Guard as well. Um, Celestial Hurricaneum with the Battle Mage. He's got what's well, all taken with Hello Heart. It's got his free old General Griffin, um, all converted. Uh, he's got the Sorceress. So, um, yeah, I just. For me, it's the aesthetic, and he's uh, well, he's got 945, so he's got a good bid there for a triumph. Two drop. Hello, heart. So he's got heaps of spells um, coming at you, and, um, yeah, I think it's going to be cool. Cool to see it on the table. Um, also, yeah. I really like Austin Cranfield's list um, with all the Scourge Runner tra- chariots. He's got, like, one, two, three, or five Scourge Runner chariots. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of Scourge Runner Chariots, which is, yeah, I don't know. They're one of those things that I looked at them and thought they're really good, and then I've got three of them, and every time I play them, they're just they're super underwhelming from the shooting, but then I still put them into the list because they're so cheap and fast. Yeah. And they, yeah. they do have shots, but I'm just like, most of the time they just end up being drops and just units on the board to just go get something if I don't want to overextend, and I'm just fully expecting them to die and get out, and then they get outscored because they're only two bodies. Um but he does have yep. a lot of them. So he can definitely use them to just block off hmm. the board and they're very fast. So he could just yep. push them up and, and send them as a wave and make people have to yeah. deal with them. Exactly. Um, they'll just they'll be tied up with, you know, these like fast moving chaff, but basically. Um, yeah. But he's got Dreitra in there as well as an ally, which is cool. Bit of, um, bit of variation. Haven't seen her much in recent yep. times. Um, yeah. Rune Lord General. He's got his uh, Dread Spears, Long Beards, 20 Iron Drakes as well. So, um, and he's taken the Soul Screen Bridge. Yep. So the skull, the the Iron Drakes and the Soul Screen Bridge tech is still in play. It is, but having used it um, at Goldcon this year, it's it's not what it used to be. Um, mm. It's a 20 for a start, not a 30. You can't teleport. <clears throat> the thing is you can't teleport all the tech with it anymore. So yeah. if you, yeah. I think the best way to use it is actually just for small extra gains in range. You don't want to be launching it 24 inches away and setting them up miles away from everything else where they can just go and get killed um, mm. because you move them away from like your hurricane and your long beers and that's your plus one to hit without needing a CP. That's your reroll ones to wound um, and then they just go and get killed. So if you're going to use it, mm. I actually think you just want to, you don't want to overextend with it. Um, you just want to use it a bit to be able to put them in position without having to move so that they obviously get their double shots, but you need everything, you need everything else to be able to keep up with it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely not what it used to be where you were teleporting a screen around and all your buffs and everything. Mm. Um, so maybe that's what the, maybe that's, maybe that's what the chariots are for. Yeah. He could just run the chariots out in, in front of where he wants to put his bridge for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see how he goes. Um, yeah, there is a list that I want to talk about though that I think is a pretty strong list. Um, I don't really know Josh, um, but Josh Meteyard, 
Um, he's got a Living Cities list. Um, Living Cities obviously been doing really well recently as well. Um, so he has got two 20s of Phoenix Guard um, as battle line because he's got an anointed on foot um, as his general. Um, he's got a Sorceress who is the adjutant with an arcane tome so that she's got an additional cast. And then he's got another Sorceress as well. Um, he's gone for um, an additional spell enhancement. So both of those sorceresses know two spells. Um, and obviously he's got a unit of 10 Dread Spears, which he's going to be able to stab to get plus two to cast on those sorceresses. So he's going to be able to cast pretty reliably. Um, and they are good. It, it's Although it's only three spells, it's a good spell law. Um, like he's got a D6 heal, a minus one to wound, and a D6 mortal wounds if you move um, spell, which is, is really good. Um, but the main thing is he's, he's got his three cheap heroes. Um, so he's filled out his Warlord. Um, and they're all cheap, which has given him all the, all the points to be able to take two blocks of 20 Phoenix Guard, which are hard to shift and actually pretty fighty. Um, and then he's got four Dracothian Concussors and four Fulminators as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. So he he's going to be able to go turn one if he wants, use one unit, punch something off, and then kill something behind it. And then turn two, bring on the other four, punch something off, kill something behind it, and they still have to deal with the other unit. Or he can hold it until turn two. Meanwhile, he's got two very tough-to-kill blocks of Phoenix Guard sitting and defending his home objectives. Um, I think this is a super strong list. Um, Living City is amazing for the Dracothian Guard, um, particularly the Fulminators, even though they have become prime targets. Um, I think it's a smart move not making both units fulminators even though living city is the one where i would still take the fulminators because the charge is so guaranteed with them with the extra move and they do get that damage three on the charge um but i still think it's a really good play to have the concussors there um for when he just needs to hit some more wounds and also just not be charging um in his kind of multiple like once the once the combats are going and in his opponent's turns to still have that reliable two damage with mortal wounds coming off the concussors. Um, and yeah, obviously both those units and one of the units of Phoenix guard are in the hunters. So he's always going to be able to give them all out attack, all out defense, etc. cetera. Um, mm. And he's got eight mortal wound breaths off those guys as well. Like you can't ignore that. Um, so yeah, they're, they're going to hit hard. They're going to hit what they want when they want. And he's got 40 very hard to shift bodies as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's really good. He's not he's not bothered taking the Phoenix anointed. He's not bothered taking the normally mandatory Hurricane. Um mm, and he's yeah, all yeah. The, all those points he's saved, he's just been able to take eight Dracoth Cav and 40 Phoenix Guard. And um Yeah. I think it's a really strong list. Like I, I think yeah. it's a really strong list. So um he's he's someone that as i say i don't know him as a player um but i think his list is really good so uh, he's one to watch for me yeah cool um and then matt campbell's list again matt someone i probably can't not talk about he's won slaughter before he's won cancon he's won multiple events um he's a he's master's got a, player <laughs> yep he's um he's come third and second at masters um so yeah he's got tempest eye um he's got four concussors again you're starting to see that shift from fulminators to concussors um so that he's not giving up points um and also it gives him more mortal wound output which is strong 
Um, obviously, in Tempest I turn one, they're going to get that extra three-inch move and plus one save as well, which is really good. Um, he's got the Battle Mage on Griffin, a free guild general on Griffin, and he's got a Celestial Hurricaneum. Um, both those Battle Mage, both those Griffins are actually pretty good for their points now. Um, they're obviously monsters, so potentially he can pick up extra bonus points from doing tactics with them. Um, the free guild general, when it dies, it basically comes back to life on a two up anywhere on the board with d3 wounds left um which isn't great but then he can he can heal it back up um but at the end mm. of the day because it it's a monster if someone tries bring it down on it for example and then he comes back to life like they won't get their tactic etc um and he's he can have he's got like a decent save and stuff on it um and he's got four units of pistoliers just be fast run around do lots of shots um getting obviously the plus one to hit plus one to wound um, backed up by the the hurricane um and then he's got two gun haulers as well um that he can just keep teleporting around um, yeah. and shoot and shooting stuff off as well so he's got teleports in the list um and yeah he's he's double battle regiment so he's um he's three drops so um yeah i think it's a, a solid list lots of options matt's a really good player so um again he he's someone that could another could one to watch well. yeah yeah he could do fairly well um I, I do. I think against the shooting lists, the night haunt lists, um, I think his pistoliers are going to die too easily, and then he's going to run out of bodies. Um, so I, I don't think he's going to take out the event, but I still, I still think he'll four one. Um, like I, I'm probably expecting a four one out of him with this, to be honest. Yeah. Um. All right. Doors of Cain. New book. I don't know anything about it. Are we. <laughs> Uh, is it me then i'm talking some more um all right let's just let's let's just talk about it the list that should win the event uh is liam's list so no 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 pressure liam but your list should win the event so if yeah, you don't easily yeah if you finish if you don't win your shit and you should no be finishing reason. games you um, should be finishing games in, in, in 10 minutes okay <laughs> <laughs> now nah, give him time he's got to roll his dice for when he kills his opponent for killing him um <laughs> but yes basically new daughter's book uh we have four daughter's lists and one two three not quite all four three of the four are zainth archai which you didn't see before but the new ability is basically for the melusai so they are the snakes both variants, but basically it matters for the Blood Sisters, which are the combat snakes, is when they die, they get to fight. So you need to be within three um, in order to fight, um, but you get to pile in and attack when you die. So basically, if you're a melee army, you're going to die. Uh, and if you're a shooting army, if Liam charges you, even if you unleash hell, you're going to die because he's in combat with you. Um <laughs> And those blood sisters are going to destroy the world um, because they very <laughs> easily they very easily get to twos and twos um, quite early on in the game with the blood rights table um, and the the tech around it that Liam has in his list with the hag queen um, for the sippy cup and you've also got the medusas uh, in the combat phase holy within twelve guaranteed to increase the round for them um, so very very easily. He's going to be getting them on twos and twos without needing to use all that defense or anything. Um, they're going to get uh, like their three attacks a model. If Mind Razor goes off, they're going to be rend two damage two. Um, 
after immediately after they attack uh it is the unit so it doesn't happen when they fight when they die but after the unit attacks and it does happen in the hero phase as well as the combat phase he rolls a dice for every model in the unit and on a two up they do a mortal wound used to be a three up now it's a two up hmm. uh they do a mortal wound um, and yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely um needed a boost there i think yeah, yeah. to a unit within one inch um mm. Which is horrific. Um, so Liam Liam's list uh, is Slaughter Queen on Cauldron as the general, which gives him the command phase, uh, the command ability to fight in the hero phase. So if somebody comes into him, he can fight in the hero phase with those snakes, kill whatever he's in combat with, then still be able to move, charge, do what he wants, go kill something else. Um, he's got the Iron Scale in the list, which gives them run and charge. Um, it's not two d six anymore, so they did nerf it slightly. Um, but it is uh, still run and charge. Um, he's got a Bloodrack Shrine, um, which is actually really good, plus a Medusa on foot, um, because it, I think he's anticipating more hordes. Um, their mortal wound shooting attacks, uh, every every model within 12 uh, on a 5-up, it's a mortal wound, um, which is actually really good. Um, he's gone for the Steed of Shadows, just on the extra one on foot, um, so that she can move 16 inches, so that he can actually get that stare off into units that weren't expecting which is a good pick for the points um and then obviously the the shrine the more defensible one with more wounds has got his shadow stone and mind razor to try and get a more reliable cast um it isn't super reliable it's it's cast on an eight so he's going to need to be rolling sevens sixes with arcane but he's not got re-rolls so mind razor is not super reliable um but honestly from my experience i don't think he needs the mind razor um and then he's got the Hag Queen, which is going to give one Catechism of Murder from the prayer. So sixes to hit will explode. Um, and then, as I say, the the Witch Brew, um, which will get more reliable as the game goes on, will increase the battle round um, for a unit that he picks. So those snakes are going to be getting plus one to run, plus one to charge, plus one to hit, plus one to wound, um, five up ward very early on. Um because of his buffs um sacrament of blood the prayer on the slaughter queen in increases the round so basically turn one if his sippy cup goes off his sacrament of blood goes off and his medusas or iron scale are in range those snakes in combat are going to be plus three to the round so from turn one he's going to be on twos and mm. twos and yeah. from turn two he'll be at the end of the blood rights table he'll have his five up board from turn two if the cup and the prayer goes off so um yeah, it's super reliable. And as, as I say, as the game goes on, his whole army just gets to the point where it's twos and twos. Um, he has four up rally um, from the general as a command trait. So it's wholly within 18 because it's a totem um, and it's the general anyway. But um, so those blood sisters are going to rally on a four up. If you don't quite kill them, um, they're going to come back. Um, and obviously it doesn't really matter about who wins priority because he can do it at the start of either player's turn. So as long as they're not in combat, um, which if he's smart, if they ever do take a big hit, but don't fully die, he can just remove casualties to take himself out of combat ready for the rally. Um, so that's horrible to deal with. The cauldron is giving him a big 18 inch aura of plus one to save as well. So he can quite easily save stack on that unit to make it more resilient than you're thinking. Um, and then the Crown of Woe artifact on the Slaughter Queen is units within nine cannot use Inspiring Presence or Rally. And if he kills a model with it and it's got a shooting attack on the Cauldron, that goes to 15 inches. So 
against other people. They can't inspiring presence. They can't rally. Um, so he just makes people run away from battle shock. Um, and then finally he's got the blood rack Viper so he can eat heroes. He can eat models, um, out of units. And then he's got the heart of fury prayer, which is super reliable. Cause I think it basically, it will go off on a two up because the cauldron has an avatar, which gives plus one to his prayers. Um, so it'll go off on a two up and it's a 12 inch aura of minus one damage. And it only goes away if he rolls a six at the start of combat. And if he does roll that six, all Daughters of Cain units within range for that combat phase will get plus one attack. So it's horrific. Um, It's so hard to kill that unit of 15 Blood Sisters um, when he stacks up the pluses to save, the minus one damage, um, the five up ward. Um, And if you don't kill it, it's then coming back and it's murdering you. Um, And yeah, he's got two blocks of 15 as well. And that Slaughter Queen can hit really hard. Um, The list is super strong. And yeah, like... Liam should win. Liam should win the event. I don't think he will. He'll get in his head and he'll misplay something, um, which is hilarious. But um, we should get him a sippy cup. It's a very strong. It's a very strong list, and it should it should win the event. (laughs) Uh, Good. Um, I'm not really going to talk about the others because they're basically very they're variants Mm. on it. They've got multiple units of. Blood, blood sisters mm. in in zane Tharkai. um mm. the only different one is magro um who's mm. bringing drake yes. Geneth, um and he's gone from the more body version he's got shadow queen um and a hag queen on cauldron um and then he's got 20 witch elves 20 witch elves um 10 sisters and then two units of five heart renders um, and then he also has gone for the viper and the heart of fury which i think is correct um i think especially the heart of fury i think you don't necessarily have to include the Viper, um, but I think the Heart of Fury for its points is phenomenal now. Um, so any Daughters of Cain list that doesn't have it, I think, has missed a trick. Um, mm, yeah. The two units of Heart Renders are going to be really nice for Anthony for his battle tactics um, because the Daughters of Cain have, if you've got two units of Heart Renders, you have literally a guaranteed battle tactic um, once, uh, once per game because basically you just have to have two units of Harpies use their special ability. Um, which on the heart renders is guaranteed. So you just drop them on the table, n- nine away from something, you shoot, and then you move. No dice roll required. You get your battle tactic. Yeah. So um, I think it's very strong for scoring battle tactics. Um, and again, he's got the same loadout on his general, Crown of Woe, Zealous Orator. So four up rally, and opponents aren't going to be able to rally or inspiring presence. Um, so yeah, four up rally on those 20 Witch Elves, two blocks of them. Um, and again, he has got Marathi Kane, which in the mirror match, having Marathi into the fight on death snakes is potentially good because they can't kill her unless obviously it's her last three wounds, but they're probably going to have done that in the combat phase. So she is something that can go into them, do a fair amount of damage, tie them up. So they hopefully at least can't rally, um, and they won't be able to kill her on the charge, giving you a bit more of a chance. Um, so that will be interesting um, in the daughters mirror match potentially. Um, but yeah, the the daughters lists are are, are all really good. Um, the new book's really good. Um, Light Night Haunt's got some really good abilities in it. Um, I think it's a it's 
it's a bit more skewed than the Nighthorn book around mm, sounds like the, it. the same trait, the same artifact and Zane Tharkai temple. Um, but I think there are other builds in there as well. But um, yeah. yeah, anyway, Liam, Liam's list should win the event, but it won't. <laughs> that's my, that's my call. Um, I do, but... I do want to, I do want to just, um, just shout out the names Anthony's um, given his um, characters. So he's given Rathi Kane the name of uh, Rithra. Brithra Hell <laughs> Spears is Marathi Kane, and the Pop Queen is the Shadow Queen. Uh, he's got Melisandra Razor Joy, who's the Hag Queen on the Cauldron of Blood, as the general. And he's got uh, Drithula Chilclaw, Chilclaw, who is the uh, High Gladiatrix. So, yeah, cool. Always like seeing people's names um, of um, their characters. <laughs> Adds that extra flavor. It's good. I like it. Cool. Um Getting there, we're getting almost we're the getting stories. There. Um, do you wanna do you wanna talk about the fire slayers list or not? No, I don't know really um, know enough about him. But what's uh, what's he got? He's got the he's got a lot of Hearthguard bazaar, uh, a lot of Hearthguard bazaarkers. Yes, do it now. Run forward, <laughs> kill them with your broad axe. <laughs> he's got lots of foot arrows, so he hasn't gone. Yeah, like almost like half expected just to see um, a whole bunch of Magmadroths, but he's gone all footies. Yeah. Foot, so there's, foot, um, there's basically two builds in the new book, which is either... Angry Babies. Which is either Lurfnir, um, I'm going to speak all like this now, he's either got the Lurfnir with all the Magmadroths, <laughs> um, or or you can take the Greyfeard, which is what he's gone for. Um, he's <laughs> He has decided that he wants to take the Greyfeard. Um, I've gone, I've gone, gone a bit South, South African. African then. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I've got the cuttlefish going through my brain. Um, <laughs> but no, he's uh, he's gone for the Greyfeard, which is the foot version with all the foot heroes, um, because you get basically you get two free artifacts for mm. non-mounted heroes. Um, and those Hearthguard Berserkers are really nuts. The abilities mm. they have are still bonkers. Um, yeah. With, with, the yeah. with the Flamestrike Pole Axes, um, he's got a Rune Father, so once per game he's going to be able to give them an extra attack, which will put them on three attacks each. Um, and any sixes to hit do two mortal wounds in addition. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty mm. sure he can also give them plus one damage from, I want to say, the Rune Master, or something in there can give them plus one damage. Um, so he can make them, like, two mortal wounds on a six to hit in addition to damage two, three attacks a model. I believe they can strike... They can strike first once a game when they're charged. They have a four-up ward save. Uh, he's got the Flame Keeper, which I think is the... Th no, I think maybe the Flame Keeper is the thing that gives them the extra damage. Uh, the Rune Master or the Rune Smire. Yeah, I think the Rune Master gives them a four-up rally. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he's got mm -hmm. a Battlesmith with the Null City and Icon, which gives them a four-up Spell Ignore. Um, so, yeah, like, don't underestimate this list. Um, they're really good. Uh, that, that that's a, those fifteen Hearthguard are a unit that can potentially kill fifteen snakes, um, and maybe not die in return. I, I still think they probably do, but um, it's really good. And the Molten Infernoth um, invocation is really good now. Um, like it, it does a lot on mortal wounds. Um, so yeah, it's cool. Um, that's cool. That's from Dan Whitney. I, I, I wanted to see the Magma Droths. Because they're finally really cool, um, but I, the Greyfeard with the Hearthguard is still really strong. I think. Um, yeah. All right, Deepkin. Um, 
we've got a nice mix in the Deepkin list. We've got a few Than with the Sharks. We've got a Morphan with the Thralls and Reavers and a Leviadon. And then we've got a Nautilar mix list um, with the Battle Line Turtle um, in Nautilar to obviously become Battle Line, meaning it can go in a Hunters. So it can't be roared, which is really important. Um, and it also, um, yeah. Um, it gives obviously his buff to his thralls and his reavers, um, and then he's got four sharks as well, um, yeah. which is good. And then most of them, I think, have got the killer king um, as the general with all the tech. Um, pretty sure all three of them have got the killer king. Um, oh no, mm-hmm. Ben Ben Smith hasn't. He's got the king with the pole arm, but he's gone for the Lord of Storm and Sea command trait, which I think is the bravery ten aura. Um, so I think he's trying to because he's gone more fan. I think he's just trying to keep his units alive Um, because he's got 20 thralls, 20 thralls, 20 reavers with the Leviathan. So that's going to give them the bubble of the plus one save. Um, And then he's going to have, he's only got one soul render, which is interesting for more fan. Um, But I think including the turtle, you only really have the points for the one. Um, He's got a tide caster, so he's going to get two rituals. So he's probably going to be always picking limiting range in the first battle round to 12 inches and the five up ward during high tide for all of his namati um, which is super strong um lotan is going to give his plus one to wound bubble to both those units of 20 thralls which is really good um and yeah the king being giving all that stuff bravery 10 as well is really nice so he's not really going to be losing bodies um he's not going to be needing to spend cp very often to inspiring presence and then top up the key unit with the soul render um so yeah no it's cool it's a decent list um i think the leviadon is overcosted at 500 um in every list including nautilar and nautilar is by far the best list for it to be in so i think the turtle is still not the best call um but in Morphan, if you're doing 60 namati it's it's not bad i think to buff them and castle around it um but yeah deepkin's a good book They've got a lot of tech. They're very good in storm. They're very good into stormcast, and there's more stormcast here than any other faction. So I think that will lift the deepkin in itself. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Ben's KO list is out there. Um, <laughs> this there's Which, there's a fire thanks. there's a there's a fire slayers list, but this is the list that has a magma droth. So at least Ben brought a magma droth, which is cool. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Magma droth. And he's got some, um, Volkite berserkers in there as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just the normal guys. Um, it's a um, very, mi- it's a very mixed list with a gyro bomber and gun hauler and a frigate and some sky wardens and lots of foot heroes and stuff. So it's, it's very yeah. much a Ben rule of cool list. Yeah. Um, it's 13 drops. Um, with double artifacts so he's got loads of artifacts <laughs> for his for his heroes yeah. um yeah. and stuff as well and um yeah it'd yeah. be cool um yep. we'll see we'll see what how he does um <laughs> the army as well because ben owned a ko army which he painted and then i think he sold it and then he's this is his new ko army um yeah. and it's it's all painted white with um like freehand flames painted up it and it looks super nice like this is his now I want to paint my army really nicely. Um, and I think his first army looked nice, but this is Ben's yeah. like, no, I, I want to lift my painting and yeah, doing a KR army, which is all like armor and panels in white and then hand painting red flames on all of it, um, is definitely a task, but, um, 
it looks really cool from the models I've seen. I haven't seen the whole army painted, and I'm really curious yeah, to see. Hmm. I'm curious to see if his magma droth is like painted in a similar scheme, because um, hmm. that would yeah. be that would, yeah. that would be really interesting. Um, yeah, but yeah, all right, Lumineth. Um, there's <laughs> no, there's no, like. I mean, there is a there is a techless build from Michael Thompson, which is. Oh, actually, I mean, yeah, this is fairly close to the techless list, um, but it's not quite. Like, he hasn't got 30 Sentinels, he's got 20 Sentinels, and then 20 Wardens, 10 Wardens, because he's chucked in five Dawn Riders um, mm. as a fast unit, but then otherwise he's got techless, he's got the Lord Regent, and he's got the Wind Mage, which are typically the three heroes you, you see um, mm. in in the techless version of the list um, in Sire. Um, but yeah, kind of nice to see he's not got the 30 Sentinel brick um, with Teclas and yeah, having the Dawn Riders is maybe a pick for thinking if there's a more body count um, because they're really good into one wound models. So into like the Witch Elf Hordes, etc. Those Dawn Riders are really good. Um, but yeah, there's um, otherwise like there's no Foxes spam list, which is kind of nice to see. Um, but Jacob Strachan does have the 30 Sentinels um, and then Severeth, um, and then he's just gone for, he's got a Ballista, which is quite cool, um, and then he's got 40 Wardens backing up those 30 Sentinels. Again, with the, um, he's got a Lawseeker for the objective grab um, and Lambent Light, turn one, um, and then he's got uh, the the Lord Region that you normally see as well. Yeah. So that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty typical um, but good list. And then yeah, then the other one is uh, we've got Pui, I, I, think, I think that's how you pronounce it, Pui Hin Ho. Um, he's got a Cathalar, a Lord Regent, a Wind Mage, and then he's got 20 Wardens, 20 Wardens, 30 Sentinels, and then he spent his points on a Kron Spine, which is mm. interesting um, yeah. for Lumineth. I'm keen to see if that gives them something they need. Um, I'm not sure if it does or not. Um, because generally the Sentinels have such high range. I don't really think they're an army that needs something to like go and pin a unit keep, to keep it away from the Sentinels for a turn or two. Um, but maybe he just wanted a big monster that he could go in and send into someone. Yeah, um, yeah, have a, bit of, have a bit of fun with the new model and rules. And yeah. um, doesn't say who it's bonded to, but I suppose that doesn't really matter. Oh, um, it's it's fixed up. It's yeah, he has. Yeah, um, yeah okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can't I can't remember, but he has sent that to me. I just need to fix it up. But yeah, it is bonded. Cool, cool. Um, and then we've got Rory, who I believe is Liam's friend, um, who this is his first tournament. I think he's just he's just been getting him into the game. Um, so don't know what Liam's been doing by getting him to play Lumineth as his first army, because it's probably got the most rules in the game out of every army. Um, <laughs> but he's got a very mixed list mm. with a couple of units of wardens 20 sentinels two units of dawn riders again he's got avalenor which is cool to see like stoneheart king i think he's decent yeah. um i think he just suffers from rend one in the meta now um and then yes he's got severeth so um he potentially can go out there and destroy herdstones if people forget about it um and he monstrous rampages and stuff which will be good um yeah but yeah none of those lists are like super standout uh, and then we're on to Seraphon. Um, so were there any Seraphon lists that stood out to you? Uh, Braden Graw's list. Yes. 
this definitely stands out to me <laughs> because because it's my list. <laughs> um, I don't think Braden will mind, um, but yeah, um, Braden basically like he. I don't think he's played a game of Sigmar since last year's slaughter. Um, I think he's had a lot going on. I think his his wedding's coming up soon. I think so. He's been organizing stuff for that, and um, he's not really been focused on the game um and so he kind of he sent me his he literally when i was chasing him for his list he sent me his list from last year and i was just like this doesn't really work anymore that battalion doesn't exist anymore so you've got 150 points back into your list um and all this stuff and he, he just said to me he's like look to be honest i, I haven't played a game for a year I, i've got a lot going on i haven't really got an aos3 army like if possible do you have an AOS three army I can borrow? And I was just like, sure I do. Um, <laughs> and this list is actually a list that I'm going to be running at my next upcoming events. Um, it's a list I've had painted for a while. Um, and with my deep kin being broken and me not really doing anything with them, um, I wanted to take something else. And uh, so, yeah, obviously mm. I was bringing an army down to get a game in or two, hopefully with you anyway. And I want to get some practice in mm. before I, I, I start taking this to a few tournaments um yeah so I'm, I'm keen to see how Braden goes um i don't think he's going to get the most out of it because he hasn't played a game of aos 3 and and stuff so he's gonna have a lot to learn and push around um but i i, I think there's a lot of tech in this list um so it's an engine of, it's it's seraphon thunder lizard um an engine of the gods with a cloak of feathers Beastmaster mount trait um, and curse. i've got a slan general with arcane might for the re-rollable cast and unbind once per hero phase the Fusel of Conflagration, which is the mandatory artifact in Thunder Lizard, and then he starts off with Stellar Tempest, which is the Horde clearing spell at 24-inch range. Um, and then I've got a Skink Star Priest with Hand of Glory, which is reroll ones to hit on a Skink unit, and he obviously gives out Poison. And then I've got two Skink Priests, both with Curse, um, just to get cheap Priests in that I can spread around Curse. Um, and again, they've got their command ability on a skink unit for plus one to hit in the hero phase, um, which lasts until my next hero phase. Um, and then on a three up, pick a skink unit and it gets run, shoot and charge. And then I've got five Saurus Guard as the obligatory bodyguard for the slam. Um, and then I've got two blocks. I say I, Braden, there's two blocks of 30 skinks um, <laughs> with bolt splitters and shields. Um, if I had done them, I would probably switch one of those units to be bolt splitters and moonstone clubs um and have them as a shooting and then follow-up charge combat unit um but they all have shields so that's fine i still think they're decent with shields um but basically two blocks of 30 skinks inside thunder lizard so they're all reducing damage by one um makes them actually surprisingly resilient um especially with save stacking um you can quite easily get multiple bonuses to save um on them so they can they can actually be more resilient than people expect um but mainly it's just weight of dice um attacks for if you get to curse something because you've got three sources of curse in the list um and then obviously you can get poison on all their shots as well from the star priest and then i've got i say the list then has two bastilodons with arcs of sotek which i've been talking up for a while now darren watson took them with like great success to worlds recently in the uk uh, well for the uk team um mm. because they've had a really big points drop whilst the solar engine one has gone up so only 165 points now for the arcs of sotek because no one was taking them and still people generally aren't um 
but I have I have three Bastilodons that I painted up my arcs of Sotek four years ago, and um, when I went to Sydney GT about three years ago, I think now. Um, and basically, they're really good for 165 points as a monster that has a one-up save. That because of the core mechanics, if you start on a one-up save, you ignore rend. Um, with the Gur command ability, if somebody ever does the mortal, like the three wounds required to drop them down a bracket so that they don't ignore end, you can spend the, the command ability and put them back on top brackets so they go back to a one plus save ignoring rend, which is really good, especially when because they're Thunder Lizard, they're reducing damage. So again, into Iron Jaws, they massively neuter the Iron Jaws war um, because you just you get charged and you basically go, that's fine. I'm going to be on a one plus ignoring Ren save minus one damage. You probably aren't going to kill the Bastilodon. Um, mm-hmm. And you and then they're pinned, yeah. and you can use the rest of your army to then deal with them. Um, so I've got two of those, and then there's a Bastilodon with a solar engine because even though it gives up points, you can keep that one a bit further back, and you can still use it in Thunder Lizard to shoot twice a turn. Um, with the Skink Priest, you can do the command ability in the hero phase to give it the plus one to hit. If the Star Priest gets Hand of Glory spell off, it gets reroll ones to hit. And then this list has a dub uh, has a warlord, and the bonus for that warlord, um, oh no, sorry, that's that's different. Um, ignore me. I was going to say it's double inspired, but it's not in this list. It's just the inspired triumph. Um, mm. It's nineteen sixty five though, so it's got a decent chance at the triumph. Um, so one turn when you need it, that Bastilodon can go nine shots, threes re-rolling ones by twos, and then you can use the Thunder Lizard command ability at the end of the shooting phase. And go again so you can get 18 shots on that profile at 24 inch range um those three bastilodons are all in an alpha beast pack so they get a d6 inch um pre-game move which again could be really good because if you roll high enough you can actually get on to the six inch marker for middle objectives and have monsters on there which is really nice um sometimes people want to just do an early like monstrous takeover or something so actually if you put these guys on there you potentially shut that down as an option um but mainly it just means you can push up and give yourself some screening space um and they're just monsters that you want to be running forward and putting pressure on your opponent um and the arc of sotex roll 18 dice on top profile in combat and every six to hit is a mortal wound so you should on average do three mortal wounds per combat phase um per basti so i've got two in the list and if they're in you should be spitting out six mortal wounds a combat phase so over a battle round if they're both in it's an average of 12 mortal wounds. So it, it really racks up um, for the points. And like I say, they're really resilient. They can just hold people up. And then you've still got 60 bodies of skinks. The engine of the gods can hit surprisingly hard and also does like mortal wounds as well um, from its kind of AOE bubble. You've got your temple to obviously pick terrain and do mortal wounds. The slan can do mortal wounds. Um, so it spits out a lot. Um, and then basically in the battalions, you've got the Warlord for the extra artifact to get the Cloak of Feathers on the engine, um, gives it plus four move, fly, and minus one to hit, um, which is really good. So it's like it moves 12 or 14 inches. The Beastmaster trait, once per game in your hero phase, you can basically pick if you want run, shoot, and charge, or plus one attack. So if you want it, if you need it to cross the table in a turn, you can just give it run and charge. Um, with the extra move and that engine can book it across the table surprisingly fast to get a monster somewhere where your opponent wasn't expecting it. Um, and then 
the two units of 30 skinks are both in individual vanguards with the skink priests. And the reason for that is the skink priests, their prayer on a three up gives run, shoot and charge. So vanguard once per game, a unit from the vanguard can receive the at the double command ability without a command point being spent, which is the auto six to run. And the wording of that means you can use vanguards and you can use the auto six run CP all in the same turn. So if you need a turn where you need the skinks and the engine to go, you basically on the turn where you roll the three up to give the skinks the run, shoot and charge turn, you use your vanguard and you, you just get a free auto six on the run. So they move 14 inches guaranteed and can shoot. So they've got a 30 inch threat guaranteed without needing CP um, and stuff like that. And the engine can use it as well. So yeah, I think like there's a lot of tech in this list there's loads of bodies it reduces damage it's got four monsters in the list so i think it's really good for getting extra points from battle tactics um it's 131 wounds as well reducing damage um with yeah 30 of those wounds being one plus unrendable saves um so yeah if i do say so myself i think it's a really strong list um <laughs> I'm hoping I can do well with it when I start playing it. Um, as I say, I think Brayden, it's more just so that he has an AOS 3 army and we'll see how he goes with it. I'll still be keen. Um, if he can remember yeah. half of what it does, I still think he'll do well because I think it's got lots of options. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about that list because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and I do like to toot my own horn sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> um, should we skip through to oh they, we've got another um Kronspine incarnate uh list yeah kenneth uh, Pang. Kenneth, another yep. seraphon another seraphon list thunder lizard engine of the gods skink priest star priest slan star master as the general pterodon chief um uh, so he's got saurus guard 10 skinks 10 skinks pterodon riders the stilodon solar engine and the Kronspine. And he's got the Suffocating Gravetide. Yeah, I'm not sure it, what the Gravetide's doing there. I'm hoping that he isn't thinking he's going to summon it himself and then use the Cronspine to devour it and go up a level. Because if you are, Kenneth, sorry, but it has to be enemy endless spells. Um, but I can't really think of anything else in that list other than he maybe just wants a big screen to put in front of stuff. Um, because it yeah. is quite a long spell. Um, but yeah, my only thought was maybe he was thinking he was going to use it as a spell for the Cronspine to devour to go up a level. Um, yeah. But yeah, that doesn't work, unfortunately. Mm, okay. Um, but it's cool to see the Pterodon yeah. Chief and Pterodon yeah. Riders again. Yeah. Um, because again, if you need Mortal Wounds reliably they're still very fast the turn you need to drop rocks on a unit and having that pterodon chief and them that you can maybe just keep back and then suddenly drop 60 uh, 63 mortal wounds onto a unit on two pluses um is pretty good um like you, you should be able to drop a, a high armored target um pretty reliably with that yeah um and then yeah we're on to stormcast um were there any stormcast lists that you that really caught your eye uh, i think we had i think uh pre pre-recording we were touching on um where is it sean hayes list the palladors 
yeah that's Jorah a very Lund. different very different mm. list yeah do you want yeah. to run through that yeah so he's got the uh he's taking the astral templars signs of the of the storm uh he's taking the indomitable triumph uh it's got it's got a lord arcanum on torolon uh general with the shock and awe command trait mirror shield uh, artifact mount trait celestial instincts and the thundershock spell celestine prime uh hammer of sigma uh, the Knight Judicator with the Griffhounds, and he's got uh, three three Paladors, 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 and six Paladors, uh, and the six Griffhounds in a single drop. Uh, 2,000 on, on the nose with the 119 wounds. So I think it, with these ones of the Paladors, they're teleporting everywhere. Is that correct? Yeah, they can, instead of moving, they can mm. teleport. They can teleport anywhere on the board, nine away every turn. So he's going to have a hell of a lot of um, flexibility with where he wants to be and position these guys. Um, he's got the late game Celestine Prime. Um, he's got good protection with the Knight Judicator and the Griffhounds. Uh, things trying to drop behind him, he can just shoot them. Um, yeah, because all those Paladors are armed with Boltstorm pistols and javelins. So, mm, yeah, yeah if, if someone does try and drop down within range of either of the two Griffhounds with the Judicator or the unit of six, um, he's going to have units that can shoot at it from the yeah. from the um the night judicator's ability yeah and uh, i'm not sure what the shun or, or the uh, what's the or the mirror shield i think oh, is that the one okay. that bounces back a spell no um, so mirror mirror shield means you can't be targeted if you're more than nine away from it ah uh, that's right yep yep um, so yeah that, that's the yeah. artifact that you typically see in most stormcast lists um mm, yeah. oh, now you're testing me shock and awe i believe you are like minus one to be hit when you charge i think or when, like oh, when you drop yep. when you drop when you drop down from scions mm. and then celestial instincts mount trait i believe is retreat and shoot retreat and charge which is really strong so you can't you can't pin the toral on down um, okay and yeah and yeah obviously the prime you can keep them off the sky. Um, Astral Templars is cool because the whole army ignores monstrous rampages. Um, so that's that's pretty good. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really cool to just see like 15 Paladors teleporting, yeah. around, teleporting around the board constantly. Well, it's, it's something different to what we're kind of seeing a lot of, like, which is, you know, the, um, you know, the, the dragons and yep. libs and, you know, just yep. the sort of standard kind of lists. Um, and it's scions, so I think this army is basically a null deploy, because the paladors he can backboard edge because they teleport every turn, mm. and then the other units he just puts in the sky. So like you're not going to get to the griffhounds, you're not going to get to the knight judicator, and then he's going to drop them down and set them up where he wants them, and then the paladors just go, cool, I'll just teleport and grab this objective. I'll just teleport and grab this objective. Um, so he can just wait and then commit to stuff and then teleport and be somewhere completely different. Um, I think it's going to be really cool to see. Um, yeah. Sean was someone that played the original kind of Harbinger Chamber type, uh, not Harbinger Chamber, like the, um, was it Harbinger Chamber? No, well, I've forgotten what it's called. Um, the one drop where you could shoot and teleport um, with the the um, yeah. the Lord Aquila and teleporting long strikes around and, and shooting stuff off. Um with the paladors and stuff as well so, so sean's used to playing that kind of army i think where you you're in one spot you target something off then you teleport to the other side of the board and you target something else off and and then you you just can't pin him down um and yeah i think armies that are going to try and pin him down like nighthorn for example maybe this is a counter nighthorn play that are going to teleport 
nine away, he's got his griff hounds. So then he's going to be like, cool, well, now I'm going to shoot you. Um, yeah. Which, yep. yeah, I imagine is how this list is probably designed. Um, but it's very different. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's cool. So it's it's cool to see. But um, that's not taken away from the other Stormcast lists. They're all very good, strong lists. They've all got lots of, I'm just scrolling through now, lots of Annihilators. There's a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, um, there's a lot more. Skybot bow, bows. Like, not every, no two lists is the same, really, um, except for some of those um, traits and things like that. So, yeah. Each, I mean, each list has their own flavor. They've given a spin. So, there's not a cookie cutter list here, which is good. Yeah. I mean, there's one list that is the cookie cutter list which is jared baker's list with the relicta general two plus re-rolling translocation prayer with the knight draconis to give his four storm direct guard the hero phase move hero phase shoot once per game and then mm. the six long strikes to double shoot with the um the thunderbolt volley and then three fives of libs as his battle line for points um yeah. that's a different choice a lot of the time you see vindictors because they're better than liberators but he's gone 1950 to give himself the plus one to wound triumph and he will deny people's triumphs a lot um and liberators actually with their Lalo the tyrants are annoying um against like as a deep king mm. player they're actually surprisingly good at getting rid of Achillean kings and stuff like that um yeah. But yeah, that that is very much a cookie cutter. It's signs of the storm though, which is interesting. Um, normally, you'd see that as a stormkeep because you can just put it on the table, and that means the liberators count for three models. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. But maybe, and he's a one drop anyway. But maybe he was thinking he'd prefer to be in scions in the mirror match because it means he can protect his long strikes and stuff like that into the mirror match. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. But yeah, that is a, a very powerful very much a cookie cutter stormcast list yeah um one even so yeah yeah and like just scrolling through again like we've got jordan um good childs um from d3 mortal wounds his list he's got uh he's allied in some arcanaut company um into the list as well so a bit of variety a bit of spice uh to keep things interesting that is a storm keep list as well yep. um so you've got gardas lord relicta lord selison star drake um Ten Judicators, five Libs, five Vindicators, Arcanaut Company, and the Dragonthian Guard Fulminators. Yep. So, yeah. It's Actually, cool. I like this. Like, the ten Judicators with the Thunderbolt Volley is, like, it's not the long strikes, but they are still really good. Um, and, yeah, having the Star Drake as well to just add some more range shooting that kind of makes up for a bit of the rend that he's missing yeah. from the long strikes is really good. Um, and it does put in that pretty reliable, survivable monster. Um, Cause yeah, yeah Gardas is going to be sitting there giving that all a five up ward save. Um, and then the, the star Drake's got an arcane tome so he can cast mystic mm. shield on himself. Um, and then he's got four fulminators as well to run around with, with the star Drake. So um, yeah. Yeah. And as you and, said, he's got some more bodies mm. from the Arcanauts as well. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing the army as well because um, Jordan's a, a brilliant painter as well. So yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm from memory, the Celestial Vindicators paint scheme, the nice greeny blue, mm. a bit muted as well. I think it's got a bit more grim, but um, yeah, I have to check it out. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah, cool. there's a lot there's a lot more Annihilator Imperitant style lists than I was mm. expecting. Um, but that's really cool because I I think they're cool. Um, yeah. I, I know they're probably not as strong as the the cookie cutter kind of six long strikes, four dragons, blah, blah, blah. But um, the Annihilators are cool with the Imperitant dropping seven away 
with the mortal wound splash and, and stuff like that. And the ones with grand hammers should hit pretty hard. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's, there's, like I say though, there's quite a lot of mixed lists. There's, um, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely more annihilators than I was expecting, especially Cody yeah. Howden. He's got 15 of them, um, but he's still yeah. got the six long strikes as well, which is actually probably quite smart in an annihilator build because he can basically shoot off the screens if he wants to, which mm. might yeah. be a bit of a waste of long strikes. But given that he's got 15 annihilators that want to drop down seven away from the imperitant doing mortal wounds to stuff within mm. 10 and then charging in and, and, and hitting stuff having those long strikes to shoot off screens and, and give that drop because he can shoot off the screen in the hero phase meaning that in yeah. the movement phase he can drop to the juicy targets um yeah. it's pretty cool um yeah and then yeah you've got more annihilators with a prime and some storm drake guard from um jono inga which is cool as well yeah, yeah, and just a note with Jono as well. Like he's, um, uh, it's all a like I wouldn't say proxy, but it's he's he's got a completely um, like vampiric themed mm. um, stormcast army. So um, yeah, sent through. We've checked it all out. All good. Um, easy to tell who's who, but it's all very unique. Um, so he's got Lance the Impaler, which is the Lord Arcanum and Toralon. Uh, Vlad the Chad <laughs> is the Celestine Prime. Um, he's got Neve Feratu, uh, which is the Neve Black Talon. Um, Annie Herlaters, <laughs> the Annihilators. So he's got three nits of those. Uh, Christian Bale and Val Kilmer, which are the two Storm Great Guard. He's got Michael Keaton and Adam West <laughs> for the Storm Great Guard as well. So very, it's going to be really cool to see his it's, um, army it's on display. And, it's vampires and bats. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. It's awesome. So it's going to be cool to see that. And I would, before we move on, um, we're getting towards the end, um, but it would be remiss if I didn't do a shout out to Wilso, um, Chris Wilso, um, shout G3, um, Golden Gamers Guild, my boy. Um, yeah, he's uh, coming down with um, six, six Annihilators, three Annihilators, Vindicators, Vindicators. He's got the Imperitant, Lord Relictor, Ian Jaster, and he's got another Relictor in there as well. So. Um, and the Vanguard Raptors. So yeah, he's come and a long he way. Hasn't, he hasn't gone for Thunderbolt Volley, which is nice. He's gone for Call for Aid because he's only taken three long strikes, so it wasn't worth taking the yep. call for, uh, the the hero phase shoot. So he's gone for Call for Aid to get an extra five Indictors when five of his die, which um, is actually super strong. <laughs> Just being able to dump yeah. five five extra Indictors down somewhere is really good. So yeah, yeah. I have played um, against uh, this list in one form or another, and yes, <laughs> can attest to that. <laughs> um, cool. All right, we're nearly cool, there. Cool. We've just got there's two Sylvaneth lists coming. Um, yeah, nice to see. So we've got we've got a Harvest Boon list, um, which is very much a mixed list uh, with two Tree Lords in it, which is an interesting pick in an Alpha Beast pack. Um, and then yeah, he's got Dryads and Tree Revs, and then more Dryads and Spite Revs. A Dreitcher and a Durthu. Um, so he's got the full four monsters because he's got Durthu, Dreitcher, and two Tree Lords. Um, and then he's yep. got a War. He's got a Warsong Revenant with the Vesperal Gem, which is a guaranteed cast of a Sylvaneth Law spell, which is really good because the Warsong Revenant knows the whole law, um, and it's a multicaster. So he's going to be able to cast like guaranteed. He can cast his Throne of Vines to get himself the plus two to cast, and then he can cast. 
another spell from the law, like whatever that may be, set upwards or whatever. Um, but mainly he's got the Umbral Spell Portal, so he's going to be going for the Warsong Revenant Bomb, um, which is really powerful um, in the right circumstances through through the portal. But it basically hits every unit within nine, um, and he rolls as many dice as the casting result and five ups do mortal wounds. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah, when he starts... Tasty. When he starts stacking up um, those bonuses to cast from the Throne of Vines over multiple mm. turns, um, then yeah, it gets it gets really tasty. Um, on the last mm. turn of the game, he can be on plus ten to cast. Um, wow. So <laughs> if he rolls that big twelve on the final turn of the game, he's rolling twenty two dice for every unit in range, and every five up does a mortal wound. So it's um it's pretty spicy. Um, yeah, cool. But uh, yeah, and then Rob Kern as the Nile Root list has also got the Warsong Revenant with because he's Nile Root, he's given it the Chalice of Nectar, which is the Nile Root artifact, which gives him basically a three d six pick the highest two cast. Um, yep. It's not necessarily pick the highest two; it's pick whichever two you want. Um, very clutch or rare situations where you might not want to pick the highest two is like against Corn if you don't want to have a, a roll of an eight. Um, for example, against the skulls, um, you're not forced to do that. You just pick which two you want. Um, but it basically gives him three d six. Pick the highest two. Um, yeah. And yep. again, he's he's got the umbral spell pool, so the same piece of tech um, with that. And then yeah, he's got he's got a tree lord ancient, um, and he's got Kernoth. So he's gone for a more defensive build, less little small units, not the tree lords. He's basically traded them for a block of six scythe Kurnoth hunters um mm. that are going to get backed up by the tree lord ancient. Um Nal Root, he's going to have reroll ones to hit basically everywhere because all of his heroes are wizards. Um and holy nice, than nice. twelve of them he's going to get rerolls. So and it's in a double battle regiment for for two drops. So yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see that reroll ones still in play somewhere. It's all getting phased out, and this is. I was like going to say, you've probably that. got a you've probably got a month to go until the new book, and then it will go away. But yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> last hurrah, awesome. Um, but yeah, we are at the end of the list review show, so yeah. uh, and ended up being longer as <laughs> than as, as we always, as always do. happens. We always but, intend um, to do. Oh, we'll just do a quick and you know we'll just do like an hour maybe, and you know what? Two hours later, <laughs> three hours. Wait, not it's not that long, surely. Two hours. Well, two hours. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're good. But yeah, um, um, but yeah, may as well give a little shout out before we head off um, to our sponsors for City Slaughter. We haven't had much mention of them yet, but um, we've got them fairly well established now. So we've got Deep Cut Studio. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of um, uh, battle mats um, yep. from them. So they'll be um, everywhere um, and available to purchase at the event. Um, they gave us a nice, uh, yeah, a yep. nice uh, you deal there. You so will need. You will need cash. Mm. So if you do want to buy mats, mm. bring cash. Um, yeah, bring cash. How much was I think, it? Were I think thinking? they're going to be, a, I think they're 120 a mat. Yep. Um, cool. In AUD. Um, but yes. Yes. They are the new, they're the new size mats as well, 44 by 60. So they are AOS yeah. 3 size mats. And they we'll have be ordered really, about, yeah, we've sorry, got you go. 18. Yeah. We've got 18 of them. Um, 18 that's right yep i'm gonna yeah. be buying one actually myself so <laughs> um but yeah i've got we, mine we, that night haunt theme one it looks awesome i was gonna say they've got some really nice designs um themed. new ones they've, yeah yep. they've basically got eight that are all themed to the realms there's like a realm of light realm of metal realm mm. of death realm of um yeah like it's gonna be hard to buy more than one actually 
um they're they're really nice mats um so yes they'll be for sale um for 120 dollars um at the event in cash if you want them bring them yep. along um obviously you'll need to stick around until the end of sunday because people will be playing on them um but once <laughs> they've been once the event is over then they will be wrapped up so you can come and reserve them if you want um yep. first come first served um but yes they will be for sale um maybe not all of them because we want some of them for future years but yes I don't think we'll sell all of them anyway, but we'll see. Yeah, um, it's an option. But yeah, uh, our second sponsor is Gap Games and Hobbies, which is my local up here now in Queensland. So um, yeah, they've they've very kindly come on board. Brett, um, who owns Gap Games, um, is really nice to deal with. Um, they have an online web store that offers 21% off GW, um, which is really good. So I get mm. all my stuff now really through them. Um, and Brett has very kindly stepped on board and provi um, provided us um, lots of prize support in the form of vouchers um, that you can use on their web store. Um, and they do free delivery um, across Australia if you spend a certain amount. Um, uh, I think it's $150 or more and you get free delivery. Um, so they've provided lots of um, lots of gift vouchers um, for us, which is great. Yep. And we've got Company of Dice, they have a... Uh, they have a present company of dice who um, have been always been a huge support of us and the and the event um, and uh, through um, yeah hooking us up the venue originally and um, taking it from there. So um, company of dice meet uh, every month at Padstow RSL. Um, they actually just did a, a a post I think it was today or yesterday about um, membership details and things coming out. So if you're a Sydney person, I would highly recommend you get on board with company of dice and get out there amongst a great a great community of um, gamers um who uh, play all sorts of different gaming systems not just age of sigma but um you know everything from bolt action to um star wars to kings of war to you know you the know hobbit, it, Lord the of hobbit. The yep, yep yep um but yeah they're really good bunch really welcoming um great community so yeah get amongst it get involved yep and if support. you if you like the look of the terrain and the mats and everything at Slaughter, it's all part of the collection at Padstow. So you yep. go along on you go along on the on the Sunday meetups, and there will be terrain um, for you to use mats and terrain yeah. that, you, that you can Everything's use. There. So Everything's um, there. it's yep. it's a great it's a great place to go along. And as James says, every, every month there's a there's a meetup. So if you you're looking for a space to go regularly and, and play games where you don't need to provide terrain, mats, et cetera, um, Padstow RSL, Company of Dice, um, definitely check it out. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, War and Peace Games, uh, they've been a, a, a loyal um, loyal sponsors every year of Slaughter since we've um, since we've started seeking sponsorship. So every year they come on board without question, send us cool prizes, and uh, this year um, have upped it as well. Um, and so they've provided a whole bunch of really cool um hobby prizes, especially like paint sets, army painter stuff like the speed paint sets, um, some cool minis, um, a whole bunch of stuff in that sort of hobby space. And, of course, um, uh, Games Workshop uh, produce. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a uh, so shout to Sean and um, Ian um, at War and Peace Games. Um, and then last but no means least, we've got Emerald Hobbies as well who've come on board and sent down some really cool um, prize support for us. Again, more GW product. Um, one of which uh, we're going to be running a raffle um, for the Shades Arena of Shades box. 
I believe is what we've got. So that'll be, uh, we'll be selling raffle tickets over the weekend for that. And um, all the proceeds will go towards a charity. I think we are going to send it to Beyond Blue yeah, or some, something to do with the mental health. Um, so yeah, that'll be, all proceeds will go to that and you'll, put, you know, could win the, uh, the Arena of Shades box. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it's all it's all going towards Lifeline um, is the charity. So it's mental health crisis support and, and suicide prevention. Um, we're a friend of the show, Dan Brewer, is actually running. Um, they're doing a um, push-up challenge um, to kind of raise awareness for men's, well, not just men's, but for suicide. Um, and he's doing three, I think it's 3,039 push-ups um, in the month of mm. June. Um, yep. and so you can, he's been doing that on Twitter. Um, and I think he's going to make an announcement at the event as well. Um, but we're, we're getting on board with, with that. And basically all proceeds that you put through us, we will donate through Dan's, um, through Dan's kind of fundraiser page. Um, and all proceeds for that will go to towards lifeline to support, um, as I say, mental health, um, yep. and suicide prevention. So it's, um, it's a great thing. Um, Emerald Hobbies, um, a brilliant, any event over a certain size, they provide completely free of charge. One of these big boxes, um, like the pit of shades, um, with the only stipulation being that it's raffled off, um, with the, all the proceeds going to charity, which is um, a fantastic cause. So we're yeah more than happy to get on board with that. And, um, thank you so much guys for providing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last thing is one of the mats from Deep Cut Studio um, is going to be given away as a prize, um, which will um, be for a raffle again. Um, this one is going to be for spend behind the bar at the venue. Um, we will have uh, a member of staff in the bar at the auditorium for, I think, four hours between 12 and 4 on both the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, and I'm still ironing out the details of the venue, but it'll be something like for every $10 you spend behind the bar, you'll get a raffle ticket. Um, and then at the end of the weekend, we'll draw, um, obviously, a ticket for that raffle. Um, so the more you spend behind the bar, the more raffle tickets you're going to have. Um, and the winner of that raffle will walk away with one of those Age of Sigmar mats, um, the brand new AOS 3 Sigmar mats uh, for free. So please spend your money behind the bar, support the club. Um, they've been very generous as well. We should mention Padstow RSL themselves, essentially our sponsor this year. Um, they came on board and basically gave us 50% discount following last year. Um, with the event went really well. The feedback we received was super positive. Um, and so the, the GM following that has given us a 50% discount um, this year and hopefully um, all future years going forward, um, which has just basically let us put more money into the prizes um, and price support yeah. for, for all of the attendees this year. So yeah. we'd, we'd really appreciate it if everybody coming can also give back to the RSL by spending money behind the bar. Um, and drinking and, responsibly. And drinking responsibly, but also... Behind the bar. <laughs> but also spending money behind the bar. So um, D3 Mortal Wounds, boys, I'm expecting to see some um, some more beer hammer. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Um, and I think, without further ado, that's probably a show. So... Thanks for listening yep. as always. Um, it's been, it's been fun talking through some of those lists and I'm very excited for the weekend. Um, so I should probably sign off and get this quiz finished. Thanks for listening guys. We'll see you on the weekend and um, yeah, have a great week. You've been listening to Mortally Wounded Podcast. 
contact Chris on Twitter at Wounded Mortally. You can contact James on Instagram at Duke Cadrick. Our website is www.mortallywoundedpodcast.com. Check out the shop where you'll find some super sexy swag for your hobby. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.